It is Sunday, which means it is time for the Chair Shop Podcast once again to record and be released out onto the many great services and podcast catching apps to you, the listener at home. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Yeah, we're not on. We are on Spotify. One of the the many things that we're we're different than Neil Young. Yeah, well, the, the thing, the, the reason we're staying is like the, the check was simply too fat. I mean, we couldn't leave Spotify for all that money we're getting. Um, by the way, if Neil Young is stuck since he left Spotify, I have a fiver he can have if he wants. Um, yeah, to make up for that. Uh, also with us, this is Joe Towner. Well, well, it's the big town. Hello, <laughs> we're back. Uh, I only realized halfway through my own intro there that I, I forgot I had another intro planned and I forgot to do it. Oh, I was I was going to say, hey, I'm Barry Murphy. Welcome to CSP. Yeah, you know the whole song. Um, but you got it there anyway. So that's fine. A, a, a not even good version of the Jackass music. But. I th- actually think it was brilliant. So okay, the people will decide when they listen to this. I didn't. I didn't recognize that. I've never seen Jackass, the TV show, or films. Oh, Joe! What? Counter. What? I legitimately cannot fucking believe that. I've never seen a single minute of it. I, but also, I feel like you'd love it as well. I don't. I can't. I can't fathom this. It's just what is it? Men hitting each other in the balls or something? No. Yes. Yes. No. no, no yes. No. It is. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting conflicting information here. What, what is it? It, it? it is, but it's so much more than that. I mean, not to jump ahead to movie golf. I. Like between like catching up on Euphoria and seeing Jackass Forever, I have not seen as many cocks in my <laughs> in my life since I can't, like the last time I was in like since a you graduated university probably. <laughs> I was gonna say since like the last time I went into like the locker room after a swim, you know. Like, <laughs> Where were you looking? Oh, oh, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. Let me tell you, when they're projected on a big giant screen in the cinema, <laughs> you can't look anywhere else. Um. Anyway, but that that's a revelation that has floored me. Um. Uh, to kick off the show this week, but we'll move on to uh, our, your regularly scheduled first segment, which is the live golf. Mm. Uh, Paul, the, the the listeners were waiting with bated breath. Uh, how did you get on with the old video cassette recorder? Yeah, so I I got the clean. Oh god, I just I I just remembered what happened when I got the cleaner tape. Okay, Can, best of so, the Omega. Um. <laughs> Uh, but really, it's got women's knockers on it. Uh, <laughs> it uh, cleaner tape arrived from Amazon. I got Amazon delivery this morning. Opened it up, cleaning VCR tape with a little, um, again a little uh, super glue esque. This is the cleaning liquid. You put some droplets on the tape inside the the actual mm. tape part of the cassette. I say, all right, here we go. We are on our way to enjoying Spider-Man 1 and Rodney Dangerfield's vehicle, Rover Dangerfield, uh, which is a film about a dog. (laughs) If you've never heard of Rover Dangerfield, by the way, a film about a Las Vegas-based dog. 
okay. voiced by Rodney Dangerfield. So he's like, hey, I'm a fucking dog over here. I ain't getting no respect as a dog or a human. Right. right? But screenplay by Rodney Dangerfield and Harold Ramis. Okay. Which is an interesting little trivia note. But anyway, the tape arrived. I'm like, here we go. Open up the tape. Take the little top nozzle off the uh, the cleaning liquid. And so it has underneath a second nozzle with a little hole on the top for the drops to come out, right? I'm turning it over for it to go on the tape. Waiting for a drop, because I'm going to count the drops. Yeah. I'm going to go one, two, three, and in it goes, right? The number, drop number one's not coming out, Barry. Oh, no. So I'm, I, I apply a little of squeeze pressure to the sides of the bottle. The nozzle top comes flying off. Liquid is all over the place. It's on my leg. It's on the chair. It's on the armchair. It's all over the tape. It's not only three drops, as it says on the instructions. It's a mul- multiple drops, myriad uh, drops of this liquid. Okay. So I clean up as much as I can. Put the put it in anyway, because I'm like, well, if it says three, and instead I've put 30 on, it's just going to be 10 times as clean, right? So in it goes, 20 seconds, you're supposed to leave it in for it, then eject it. And then I said, even though I'm ready for 30, and I said, well, I'm supposed to do three, so I might as well do a second run with just three, as if that's going to make any difference. So I do three drops, and the drops do come out this time. Drop, 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 put it in, 20 more seconds, eject. Put the Spider-Man 1 VHS in. It's fucking pristine. God damn it. It's like, am I watching a Blu-ray all of a sudden? What the hell is going on here? It's lovely. So the cleaning tape did do its job. I haven't actually watched um, any cassettes on it yet, but it did work. Uh, I don't know who's still producing these cleaning tapes because it did come in like uh, not a, uh, what do you call it? Like the plastic thing. You have to cut with the scissors to get it open, whatever the name of that thing is. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it came in one of them and I had to cut it open. And uh, and it did work, so everybody was very happy with that, mostly me. Also this week, uh, you remember all the clothes I bought to go to that wedding, the suit yes. and the like. Oh, yeah. so I, I oh, did yeah. end up, I did go to the wedding in the end. Good. Uh, it was really fun. It was really, really fun. Um, so we got a lift up to the uh, church with uh, my, my auntie and my uncle. Mm. And we went into the church. It was very nice. Uh, very nice little hour-long ceremony. I will say, though, they got one of the priests who rambles on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> no joke. At one point, and remember, this is a wedding ceremony. This isn't fucking Saturday evening mass or, anything, or Sunday morning No, mass. no. This is the real deal. This is the This, the is, this is the wedding the where, where, I don't know, if there's any priests listening, right? We'll give you some tips here. <laughs> Come oh on. yeah, our priest. This, this goes for all denominations: vicars, uh, pastors, evangelists, reverends. right? Reverends, rabbis, uh, rabbis. Yeah, um, is when you're doing a wedding, try and keep the focus on the bride Jesus. and the groom. Oh. <laughs> you can do it. You can throw in a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of God, right? Oh, that's good. That's big of you. Cheers. He's always yes. there. He's always there. <laughs> this priest was given shout outs was given props to Mary, the lady who cleans the church. Oh, I thought you had Mary who gave birth to Jesus. <laughs> no, <he's> like, <laughs> and, and we have to remember now, 
uh, Mary uh, McNamara, who's she's just she's done such a great job keeping, you know, <laughs> keeping the church clean, you know, keeping it, you know, top. Mm. We're at a wedding, lad. Would you keep it going? Also, he didn't give them the line, you know, the famous "You may now kiss the bride" line that never came. Uh. Did he think? Did he think he was actually supposed to be DJing the wedding? I, I don't know. Uh, let's give it up for Mary. Clean the toilet. Oh, here's a bit of Abba for Mags. All right, let's go. <laughs> Dancing queen. <laughs> um, he did do a bit of God talk, as you might expect oh, in a church-based, <laughs> um, a church-based event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even that was, and you'd be surprised to hear. Even the religious bit of it was contradictory and nonsensical. You're joking. What? <laughs> so, no, but look, look, he goes, uh, he, was, he was talking about, you know, um, when you're born, God can see your your life laid out in front of you, you know? Mm. Um, God knows where you're going. God knows, God knows what you're doing. So he was, he was trying to get across a message of like, you know, your life, essentially, what he's coming off as, as saying was, your life is predestined. And then he immediately switched to like, but you've got free will, make the most of your li- life. <laughs> and then he just completely went uh, off on a tangent about, you know, well, and anyway, <laughs> nonsense. God is love. God <laughs> is love, folks. Love is what it's all about. And God is love. And also giving up for Mary, who keeps the church clean. Don't forget about her again. The, the second shadow of the evening. Um, how filthy was that church like a week ago? She, <laughs> I don't got, like, I, two, she got two shout outs. I must say it was clean. Well, there you go. It was clean. Um, but yeah, I mean, the church ceremony was 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 nice. They had a harpist playing some tunes. Uh, mm. so, an eclectic selection of tunes, I will say, including um, Somewhere Only We Know by Keen. Uh, the Harry Potter theme song. Oh my god, I would have fucking killed myself in the middle of the church. Um, what else did they do? Harry Potter uh, theme song. Yeah. Keen and the Harry Potter theme song. Oh. And here comes the bride now. <laughs> um, ah, You're a bride, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> the Beauty and the Beast theme song. Oh, the t- not, Tales yes, of the one that's not called Tales of his time, but is that one? Oh um, my and, god! There's some really, there's some really good like Celticy, yeah, old, stu- you know, uh, oh, proper old Irish stuff, old stuff, stuff yeah. yeah, old Tetris, school yeah. Tetris theme song, yeah, whiskey in the jar. Take this woman in sickness and health, Potter. It was, it was very, very nice. It was very nice. And then we went fucking wedding in the metaverse. Holy shit! (laughs) We went to the (laughs) hotel. Yeah, and the thing was because we weren't staying in the hotel. We were only going, you know, going for the evening and then going home afterwards. Right. But everyone else it seemed like was staying there, so we all we all arrived at the same time. If anything, we were like one of the first ones to arrive, and then there was like an hour of everybody checking in, going to their rooms. We we're just sitting yeah. around, no one to talk to. Love know. that, love that. Um, eventually, people came in. Cousins I haven't seen in a very long time. Had a good old chat. It was a lot of fun. Um, I will say from a picky eater point of view the menu wasn't aligned with my tastes oh shakes fist oh did you ask for chippies i didn't ask for anything uh, what i did was 
You just put a puss on your face for the whole <laughs> No, 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 no. I was very mature about the whole thing. I said, I, said, I simply said, this isn't to my taste. So I shall be eating it. Um, well, I what did was do it? That. What, what was it? Go on. No, 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 no. What was it? What Go was on. It? Um, God, if I can remember. So the first one was like a little pastry thing in a... Lovely. It, 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 with a gloop of like mushroom or s- sauce on it or something. I don't know what, what it was. <laughs> oh, a foul. Oh my God. Then there was um, a bonobon, it sounds like the most lovely of treats. I don't know. Then there was a little, uh, then the choice was like salmon or beef. And I was like, well, I don't like salmon and I do like most beef products. So I'll go for the beef. But then there was like the little, um, Natty, I think, said it was like the, from the thigh of the the cow okay thigh beef but it looked like a little nugget of like charcoal or something so i cut into it and it was just like butter it's like gross it's like, Ugh, I <laughs> excuse me sir you wouldn't be able to sort of flatten this out into some sort of patty could you <laughs> <laughs> no it's looking oh. it just it just for me luckily i had smuggled in five packets of fruit pastilles in my <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, Excuse God. me, sir. I just like this mushroom slop in my Vonobon. Could you put in just sort of the red and the green ones, please, Chief? I'll save the I'll save the blueberry for dessert if you don't mind. <laughs> no, I can all, I, knowing that that's where it was going to be. Headed, I do I do bring some reserves in the old suit pocket. Ah, um, <laughs> you had a double cheeseburger in, <laughs> inside pocket. <gasps> no, but it was what, what was even more maddening was right. <sighs> Other people in there going from the church to the hotel, the South Africa Burger King. And I was like, why am I the one who's doing Burger King? <laughs> oh, God. Actually, yeah, the yeah. car. Anyway. Oh, Lord. The wedding itself was, was a lot of fun. A lot of good chat was had with, like I said, cousins I haven't seen for like 10, 15 years. But it's, it's crazy. Like, some sometimes. There's like, you know, with people you haven't seen that long, sometimes there's an awkwardness. But here it was just like immediately back into it. Like like we'd seen them two days ago, you know? It was very, very easy. Lots of good um, talk of memories of running around houses as kids and all the good stuff. So, yeah, the, the, we give the wedding a thumbs up. Would recommend. I think that's like the first wedding I've ever been to as well. Uh, certainly in my adult life. Okay. And what I would recommend is different priests next time. Don't use that one again. Uh, <laughs> the the menu is just going to be for starter uh, a dairy milk <laughs> um, <laughs> main course Burger King um, and then your option is like if you want, do you want the Whopper or do you want the uh, chicken burger um, so I went to my friend's wedding I think you would enjoy would have enjoyed this one Paul because on, it was it was in Brighton on um, the I'm uh, liking it already. Coast. Yeah, on the South Coast. So it was kind of a seaside themed. Mm. So the main was fish, chips, and mushy peas. Oh, Lovely. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, for yeah. dessert, they had like one of those like um, penny sweet like oh, tables where you just go and help yourself to sweets and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think you would have liked that one. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. I haven't run this by Natty, but I think when we, when we do the wedding thing eventually, <laughs> once I propose to her first, whatever that happens. Um, you guys, of course, will be invited. We'll do the. Um, I'll just get have a notepad and say oh, I'm going to run to Burger King. What do people want? Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, that sounds great. I'll be back in half an hour. Hey, like, here's the thing. I'll be honest. I'm ridiculing you a little bit, but most people at a wedding, especially when it's in a hotel, are looking at the food going, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. I, I, I did this. I called it MasterChef food. Yeah, but but also, I think that's even giving it too much credit. When it's in a hotel specifically, it's like it ain't MasterChef food. The hotel was lovely as well, to be fair. It could be the nicest hotel. I just, there's just like no good hotel food, generally speaking, I don't feel. Not for an event. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, whoppers all round. Um, well, we don't want to talk. Are we still talking about cocks, Jackass? Oh, no, what? Oh. Uh, hello. Um, but it was uh, a, a very good experience for a first, uh, first wedding. Um, also, Joe, this is something that you will relate to, right? Natty is very, was very excited because the Winter Olympics were coming up. Oh, yeah. She particularly enjoys the figure skating events. Um, they're very dancey, very mm, uh, mm. physically poetic. Um, fucking impossible to get coverage of the goddamn Olympics anywhere online. Um, yeah, you know where this is, you know where this is going, brother. Uh, so I I went to tape. Obviously, they have the coverage on BBC One mm. overnight, right? I said I I went on the Skybox. I said record series thinking that'll record all the thing and we can skip through it and find the figure skating no 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 so what happens is they don't just have the winter olympics coverage overnight they have it broken into like five different episodes so the fact that i only hit the first hit record on the first one none of the other ones recorded uh so i was like right surely i'll be able to find reddit olympics streams or something and someone will have uploaded the figure skating to not YouTube, but you know, one of them, one of those silly Billy, one of those stream websites where you click play and a a porn website pops up. Yeah. You watch, you you watch the curling recommended videos, uh, uh, you know, drunk driver beaten to death by legendary vigilante. It's in (laughs) Russian, you know, yeah, perfect. uh, perfect. dash cam footage, you know, so there's nothing, there's no, um, Nothing on Reddit. No, no. Like for football, very easy to find entire match stream immediately after it's aired. Very, very easy to find. Olympics, impossible. So I went on the old BBC iPlayer because they have they have the rights. Uh, one of the multiple companies who have the rights to it somehow in the UK. Uh, but again, and this is even with a VPN, iPlayer say no, no, no. You're not a UK licensed pair. You cannot come in. You're not allowed to watch it. Too right, too right, mate. Uh, Love the license fee. Love the judges. So I, 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 I was, I was going website after website, trying to sign up, trying to see if I get something to work. And eventually, I came across our old friend, Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus. Okay. Discovery Plus. So I signed up for a month of that. Uh, Five euro ninety nine. I think it was yeah, cheap enough. Fair enough. And so we've been watching the figure skating uh, over the last couple of days, and to be fair, it's it's it is very fun. It is of the winter sports, it is a fun one to watch. Um, so we have the Chromecast set up. Obviously, I, I installed the app on my tablet, and I must say the experience so far has been pretty good. They have the uh, they have like two choices of streams, even on like VOD. They have uh, the Eurosport 1 or Eurosport 2, mm. and then they have the Discovery version. So up until now, we've just been watching the Eurosport ones. 
What's the I difference? don't know. I don't know if there's a difference. I think Joe, did you mention before there was a commentary issue on? Yeah, a lot of them didn't have commentary, um, right. or or they had the wrong commentary. They had snooker commentary over <laughs> it. Uh, hopefully, they've sorted that out because it was pretty shit. The Discovery yes. Plus coverage so far so good. I would say. Hopefully, it's better. Um, what's interesting about the figure skating though is there's, there's a few different events. They have like the men singles women singles and then like teams but even within that they have like free skate where i guess you can just do anything mm. and then they have like the dance where it's specific it's very specifically regulated what you have to do in, in the dance and there's like even a part of it that has to be consistent across all skaters you can't just have your entire routine that you make up there has to be a bit that everybody does uh, what i noticed though is a lot of the songs that they like skate to <laughs> are like you know when a movie trailer comes out and it's got like a somber version of smells like teen spirit or something. Mm. A lot of these get reused uh, for ice skate uh, events. So it's, it's uh, Nikolai uh, Kostininovich from Russia. And he's dancing <laughs> to uh, uh, painted black, but not the Rolling Stones version, the orchestral movie version. Um, so that's a little funny meta game. Is trying to okay, what what song are they going to be dancing to, and what version of it is it actually going to be? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been really good so far. Uh, the one thing I wish Discovery was slightly better for would be like we we turned on yesterday the figure skating, and it goes on for three hours forty eight, mm. mm. and that there's three separate events within that, but there's no time stamping of when one event begins. Versus the previous one ending, so you just have to skip through it and go. Uh, yeah. We'll jump forward five minutes and see where we are. For, for, so it could be easier to kind of find a way around, but at least it works, and at least we can watch it. Because I was going mad trying to find a place to watch this coverage. I think I even signed up to like an Australian TV oh, website, which of course didn't work. But I was kind of trying everything. I was like, well, if I get a VPN, I can you figure it out. Tune into their Olympics. It's just like I felt I was throwing like a rock at a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna hit this. They go with me, boomer. Bloody hell! Uh, oh, and he's he's just gone wide there. That cunt's escaped. He's raging. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, neighbors uh, is being canned, yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Rest so in peace. Speaking of rest in peace. Um, I never really watched Neighbours or Home and Away, so I can't really tell if you told me like uh, Uncle Alf. I don't know which one he's from. He's from Home and Away. Oh, bloody hell! Oh, what I know is that Home Home and Away was the one with the better theme song. And oh, they both they both have quite extensive like celebrity uh, uh, alumni. I think Home yeah. and Away probably has the more notable ones. I would say, but no, no. Sl- Neighbours had fucking um, Minogue. Minogue, Minogue, Donovan, uh, Robbie. I want to say Robbie was on. Maybe home. Mm, I might be wrong on that. Um, she did. She Yeah, she was on one of them. I'm fairly sure. But in Bruglia uh, was on one of them. I think. So. Basically, if you if, if you want to be famous in that continent, you have to go through. Oh no, she was neighbors. Yeah, she Guy Pierce. Yeah. Guy Pierce was in one of them. Fucking hell, she was on it for three years. 350 episodes. What? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Donna Friedman. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, end of an era. End of an era. Um, I wonder, like, what kind of, like, if any impact... Is there, like, a little tourist industry about neighbours? Do people go to wherever the fuck it's filmed and see it? Or what? Like, you know what I, I mean? I think so. I, I, I don't know if they is. do now. I, I don't know if they still do, but... It was huge. It was huge. Yeah. It was on BBC in the nineties. I mean, it was like one of the big soaps. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they because that that and home and away they were kind of like they wouldn't be on in prime time, but they were on you know dinner time. They were yeah. they were they, they were the segue into prime time in a way. Yeah, they'd be on uh, before the Simpsons. Yeah, a fine a fine respectable time slot for them on this uh, other side of the world. Yeah. But yeah, God, Godspeed to to Naples home and away won the four decade Wednesday night <laughs> fucking war. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine Jared Briscoe saying, Don't mess with Uncle Alf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the diner. Anyway. Um, anyway. That was that. What a- Winter Olympics, thumbs up so far. Uh, what is going to get less of a thumbs up is the old footy ball, Joe. So, your your boy at Paul Griffin CSP came back from the wedding, right? Got home at, I would say, maybe about 10 o'clock in the evening. 10 o'clock. 10 of the clock. Stopped off for a quick takeaway because I wasn't going to cook. I was like, I'm going to quick takeaway. And I had prearranged with my friend, uh, Sean, when I got home, home. <laughs> when did I pronounce <laughs> When I got home, we we're gonna stick on the Manchester United versus Middlesbrough game. And we're gonna have a good old time. You're now gonna beat the brakes off Middlesbrough. It'd be tremendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't happen that way exactly. Uh, I has, I was up until one in the morning watching this drivel. I even threw out a if this goes to extra time, can we skip through it? Because I was so tired at that stage. No, was the reaction. So I had to. I, I literally sat through that whole match, not even live. I think as soon as I equalised, I knew we were going to lose. So I just thought. Uh, but it was they played, comical. They played well before. They was creating lots of chances, good football, and then yeah, <laughs> comical, comical equaliser. Wow. I was going to say, first of all, the first half w- was like punked or something, where it was like a trick being played on like Ranić, where mm. United were getting open goals and not scoring them, hitting, yeah. missing a penalty, hitting the crossbar, hitting the post. It was like Ashton Kutcher was going to go jump out and say, ah, we're only pretending as if they'd miss all them. And then they get a goal as a fucking handball. It was a fucking handball. Um, I don't want to get into... As a pissed off, biased fan, I don't, want, I don't want to even get into the what is an accidental handball and what isn't. Um, this also, tri- yeah, this this also triggered my uh, Thierry Henry against Ireland reflex, where <laughs> um, look, if you if your hand is literally outstretched at what what would it be like a hundred and ten degree angle, it's up in and the you air. come on, you control the ball with your hand, not even like the the forearm or like north of the elbow literally the hand you control the hand you gain advantage your team scores from it it's, it's a handball like the argument was why it hit it hit off him first and then onto the hand yeah, yeah because the hand was up in the fucking air <laughs> that's why yeah basically unless it's maradona at the 86 world cup then you can handle as much as you want apparently because it like if his arm wasn't there right if his arm was by his side mm. The ball was just going to go out for a goal kick. Like he directly gained an advantage by having his hand there and hitting with his hand. That's not loud in football. You're not allowed to hit with your hand. Anyway, United should have been 5 0 up at that stage. It was their own fault for not 
killing off the game. Um, but to your point, Joe, and I, I, I was saying this yesterday to my mate, is I, I would have rathered what happened then Middlesbrough were beaten to shite out of us for the whole game. We got a smelly equalizer and then got knocked out on penalties. As you say, like United controlled the game, somehow didn't score. But I would be more confident that we're going to get a win against Burnley mm. on Tuesday than if the performance had been worse than it was. But still, for all the uh, the grandstanding the players had been making about, you know, Bruno Fernandes on uh, interview with ManUnited.com, we're going to win the FA Cup, we're going to win the Champions League. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> knocked out by Middlesbrough in the fourth round. Team not even in the Premier League. That's not pathetic. A, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It was, it was a little bit. Like, Middlesbrough, fair play to them for sticking in uh, the game as long as they did. But, like, the, all, basically, when they scored, that was, like, their only attack of the whole game. Mm. Um, and United just by the end were, were, had become so tired were so feeble it never looked like they were going to score a goal then the substitution is like fucking throw f- quick get Fred on the pitch he'll get his goal or uh, uh, Elanga who to be fair has been good up at this point but oh god again it was inevitable when he he went up to take his penalty it was like um, England Italy all over again it's always the young isn't it always the young lads who miss the penalties it's the fucking worst thing you feel so bad yeah. uh, same for same for Saka and Sancho and Rashford in the uh, in the Euros. Yeah, it's always the young kids who then have to carry the the responsibility. But anyway, yeah, it's only the FA Cup fourth round. So yeah, and we, <laughs> no one will remember. <laughs> yeah, we certainly don't remember when we lost to Leeds when Beckford scored the goal. Who? Jermaine Beckford. Or when Paul Wright outscored the winner in the FA Cup final in nineteen ninety five. Anyway, I haven't been paying much attention to the. Uh, the rest of the football this week, I must say, uh, I, I saw very um, good uh, Leicester Nottingham Forest game this afternoon. Yeah, another giant killing. Uh, oh, it was a barnstormer. Oh. And then a fan hopped on and tried to attack some of the Nottingham Forest players as they celebrated the goal. Apparently, yeah, I missed that bit. I think I was out of the room. Um, mm. You missed the best bit. If if Brian Clough was still around, he'd have probably given oh. him a little clip around the earl. Yeah, sent him on his way. You know, he would have clipped the players around the Earls for not fighting back and knocking them out. You can't do that anymore. Cause... No, you get very hard if you do that. No, I'm conduct. If you're, if, you're, if you're literally being punched in the face, you're not allowed. To, oh, this dog is after ripping the smelliest of farts. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Woo. Promise it wasn't me. Um, so Harvey Elliott was back for Liverpool. Uh, sticking a goal in. Good mm. for him after breaking his leg earlier in the season. Uh, and unfortunately, my my beloved Wigan were also knocked out of the FA Cup. They were beaten 2-0 by Stoke City. Uh, so we were hoping for a Wigan United in the fifth round. <laughs> Both teams knocked out in the course of two days. So it wasn't meant to be. Anyway, I know I've been hogging the life cuff. That's all I've been up to this week. Uh, not a lot. Not a lot for me. I think the most exciting thing was we uh, we went to the local shopping centre, popped into um, HMV. Um, oh, I miss HMVs. I, lo- I I always enjoy going to. It just reminds me of going into them in the nineties when they'd have all the wrestling tapes. You know, yeah. You'd have a, you'd stand there looking at the back of the tapes. This was before you had Wikipedia and <laughs> the network, and you could look at what you just stand there, read the match listings, and just oh. Sid versus Diesel. Oh, that's been brilliant. Um, yeah, so I always enjoy going in there. And I did have a reason to go in there, so I wanted to pick up 
uh, Last Night in Soho on Blu-ray, which was released mm-hmm. uh, this week. So I purchased that. And also while we were there, picked up a nice uh, nice edition of uh, Mad Max Fury Road on Blu-ray as well. With a lovely, uh, lovely. lovely kind of newly designed illustrated sleeve. Which was really great. So yeah, 20, 25 quid for the two. Not bad for a, a brand new one and a, and a Fury Road. So that was good. And um, when I'm in there, I love to browse all the old kind of tat that they've got in there. Because obviously it's not just CDs and, and Blu-rays anymore. They can't get by with uh, just selling those. So they have a, a range of uh, nerd shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, they had a giant... Uh, Bobble Frick uh, Funko Pop um, for 30 quid. So yes, I love if, the big ones. They're lovely and hideous. Nice and big. <laughs> yeah. So if the regular size Babu Frick wasn't enough, you can always pick one of those up. Uh, what was Babu have, Frick again? What the fuck was that? From Star Wars. Oh, oh, I know it's from Star Wars. Which one? Every the, Star Wars project now is, oh, look, it's Babu Frick. And I'm like, who? He was, he was in, uh, I don't know, probably The Force Awakens, wasn't it? Um... I was thought it? it was the second one. I thought it was Last Jedi. Was what is it? Is it a little droid man? No, it's a little no, man. No, it's like a little. Oh yeah, no, the second. No, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Is oh, he's the little engineer bog thing. He's the guy the that wipes C three PO's memory. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, listen. How look, look? Every it's as the, that tweet says. Every Star Wars project now is people going, "Oh my god, it's glop shitto!" Like that's <laughs> that's what Star Wars is now. The 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 losers won, and Star Wars is just it's the fucking it's WWE. It's just look at this, look at this fucking person. Look at the, oh looky looky looky. You yes. like it? Yeah. Ooh, wait 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 until young Babu Frick shows up <laughs> in The Mandalorian, <laughs> and he's oh, like, god. <laughs> and he's making the ship or something. Oh, I'll be Dexter Jetster shows up to get revenge. Oh, I'll be brilliant. They can um, call him Baba Freak because he's a baby. Baba Freak. So they had that. They had all the T-shirts and stuff. And they also had, I mean, oh, this was fantastic. Among the um, uh, among the action figures, they also had Eternals Monopoly. Monopoly. Oh. Um, <laughs> so if you thought uh, Monopoly was long and boring before, <laughs> just yeah. wait. Just wait. I, I don't think the humans are ready for Central Station. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I dread to think like what the locations are in that or, or what the pieces are. Um, but I could just imagine everyone fighting over who gets to play as Fastos. Um, or it's either that or the little gold or the little silver doggy. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's up to you really. But yeah, that was a good good trip out. You got you got a book as well. Right. I bought a little book, um, a little bookie, which I've started reading. It's called "Never Let Me Go" by Kazu Ishiguro. Yeah. Uh, it's a Japanese uh, British author. Was, uh, yeah, I reviewed the movie that was based on. Uh, that yes, on I, d- I have seen the movie as well, actually. Very um, good movie. Very so good. I know the. There's not. I wouldn't say a twist in it. Yeah, you not, know the gist a, of what happens in it. Yeah, it, there's a an un kind of secret at the heart of the, of the story. Which I obviously yeah. I know haven't seen the movie, but I don't remember the movie that well, so I'm kind of sure we won't talk about it. it. But it was very good. It's a very good movie if you haven't seen it, and a very good book, presumably, Joe. You let us know. So yeah, that's been the week. You ready? Uh, I had a very quiet week here uh, on uh, my end. It was absolutely minging in this part of the country uh, Friday and yesterday. Mm. Uh, but me and Brona decided to like in like g- legitimately absolutely horrible weather, super fast winds and rain. We said we have to get out of the apartment. 
because, you know, as, as most people do, even with more options on the table now, I feel like we are still inside a lot. So we decided to go for a walk. There was, at the very, very start of the pandemic, an arcade bar did open up uh, in Limerick. Uh, obviously, mm. very bad timing. Uh, they've been up and down ever since. Uh, and we decided to finally go. It's within 20 minutes walk, so we went there. Um, you know, obviously, high standards, because, you know, we you know, we are, we are uh, fans of the token, you know. Um, uh, so we, uh, we were expecting good things. Uh, so we went there, and first of all, we were, like, texting all our friends, saying, hey, we're going to this fucking arcade bar if you want to come. And everyone was like, no, we're watching the rugby. And I was like, oh. I I, that's how I found out the rugby was on this weekend, by the way. It was, like, like about 10 minutes before it started, everyone saying, no, we're not around. Uh, so we went to this arcade bar. And let me tell you, it probably might help that kind of place to have a little bit of buzz and atmosphere going on. There was nobody there it, there was and it's massive as well like the entire the, it's like a ground floor where all the games are and then the dining area slash bar is 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 underground and it's just it's a huge swath of like uh picnic tables because i think it's supposed to hold like massive crowds and they had the funnily enough they actually had the rugby on the big screen nobody there except a bunch of children with parents because uh, even though it's a bar i feel like they they let kids in with parental supervision when they need a bit of business um and they needed the business this day so uh we we Ordered a pair. We both ordered wings, right, lads? And let me tell you something that I, let me tell you <laughs> that I, I dislike in any restaurant, and it happens far too often. If I go to your establishment and you put on your menu that you have buffalo spicy wings, and I order them, and you bring it to me, and you've put some generic like barbecue sauce on them, and called that, ah, uh, listen, you fucked up. Yeah, and that happens way too often. Like, like people, pe- I think people, I don't know if it's like a limerick thing or what, there's people who seem to think, like, buffalo is just what you call the wings. No. Barbecue wings, yeah. No, yeah, that's a separate thing. No, buffalo is buffalo. You have to have the buffalo sauce. So they give me these, and not only that, but it was like a thick, very sweet, not very nice. It was, it was okay, but it wasn't what I wanted. And, and, and so that was a bummer straight away, right? So we're doing that. Eventually, the children moved away from the air hockey table. We went and we played a, a game, um, and we put... <laughs> We put the money in, and and I put my hand to it, and I was like, yeah, the air's coming out. And I <laughs> dropped the puck, and it barely moved, and I poked it, and it barely moved. And I was like, I think this is working by the loosest technical definition oh, of God. working in the sense that there's air coming out of it, but it ain't it ain't air hockey. So that was a bit shit. Um, then we, like, went upstairs to the main uh, – well, we played the basketball game, you know, the classic, you know, yeah, yeah. two hoops, uh, uh, which we, me and Rona did on one of our earliest dates as well. And oh. um, safe to say here, two years later, she absolutely battered me again at it um, <laughs> by a factor of, like, three. I was absolutely humiliated. Uh, all, all the other little six-year-olds were laughing. Um then we went upstairs to the um, the main arcade floor where there's no bar and thing. It's just the games. And it, I, one thing I will say is that this guy is obviously like, like a, he's obviously a guy who actually seems to like arcade games. Like he has a Twitter and he's always talking about like his search for these cabinets. A lot of them seem to be like legitimate cabinets from the nineties. They still have like twenty p per game stickers written on them and stuff like that. Because what, what all these places do is they source actual machines from arcades mm. and they just they swap out the coin box to take their custom tokens is usually what they do. So, you know, real deal stuff. A lot of Japanese language stuff of like kind of weird or obscure games. Uh, you know that game that came to the Switch a few years ago, Paul? The, the bongo drum game thingy? 
uh, not Donkey Konga, but uh, similar Taiko kind of thing. Drum Master. Yeah, there was a version of that there. It wasn't turned on, but like a big, massive set of drums. So he, like he and he had like f- there were four different Street Fighter games there, which I think was a little bit excessive. He didn't have Simpsons, but he had four different versions of Street Fighter, which I thought was a lot. Uh, so obviously a, a big fan. But we went to play uh, Dance Dance Revolution, of course, uh, and one of the buttons was missing uh, to. to <laughs> Do the player two thing now. Now we were basically able to put our finger in the hole where the button should go and get a two player game going, but that was a little bit uh, that was a little bit underwhelming as well. Uh, another, another game I also got battered in was was Dance Dance Revolution. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack playing that on on, on easy mode, but you know, listening to steps um, uh, five, six, seven, eight, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, felt like I was about to keel over, so that was that was that was pretty disappointing. I mean, at the end of the day, they had some of the classics, but um, uh, you know, food not great and selection of games, eh, you know. So that was a bit of a bummer. But again, our, our motive was literally just to get out of the house for a few hours in stormy weather, and we did that. So uh, yeah, there you go. That's 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 the arcade part. Probably won't be going back there, but you never know. Um, and that's uh, that's life golf, I think, for this week. Uh, we can move on here to our various other goffs. Uh, we have a bit of music goff this week. Yeah, another album reviewed. Uh, I listened to the new Animal Collective record. I don't know if either of you are familiar with Animal Collective. Mm. Uh, I can't say I've listened to their music before, but it's a name that I've been kind of aware of in the background. I think I've heard their name come up once or twice before. They're like experimental rock band, I guess. Uh, the new album is called Time Skiffs. Uh, I thought it was really good, first of first of all, but like very eclectic. Where it it almost sounds more like a like a mixtape of nine different artists than one band putting an album out. Some songs sound very like Rolling Stones. Others sound a bit more like God. Even even going into like bits of like David Bowie, Peter Gabriel, uh Pink Floyd. It's got very non-standard instrumentation. There's like a marimba at one point during it. it like to 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 kind of summarize it, it very quickly. It, it sounds like a uh a Rolling Stones Pink Floyd mashup, but like Peter Gabriel wrote all the songs and provided the instruments. Um, so it's it's very eclectic, but but at its core, it's always like it's it, the, the songwriting is, is pretty is like the most um, conservative element of it, I guess. And it's the instrumentation and the, the the melodies that are a bit a bit weirder. And like I said, the singing goes from like Mick Jagger to David Bowie to Peter Gabriel. It's kind of all over the place. But very very much enjoyed it. Uh, I need to give it another listen. Because um, I've only listened to, to it through the once. I only listened to it today because I was at the wedding on Friday. Friday is normally my listen to new music. Should have uh, asked the lady uh, in the fucking church to give it a, a give it a bang. <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you familiar with the new Animal Collective, uh, madam? Uh, so I have to give it a few more listens to. But I was I was impressed on first listen. I will say. Um, but I like not even to the point where I marked any songs liked. Like I liked the whole record, but I would need to listen to it two or three more times through to really make my mind up about how much I like it, which either it's going to be a lot or really a lot. Uh, and yeah, it, it would definitely get me interested in uh, listening to some of their back catalog. Cause what I've heard is that this, this one's considered very good, but is not necessarily um, 
apparently not like their previous stuff is better. So I'm interested to hear what that's like. But I'll give it a thumbs up. Animal Collective Time Skiffs. It's only 45 minutes long, which is the perfect length for an album. So I'll give a thumbs up to that. Lovely. Nice. Uh, jumping into our next guff here, we'll jump into a little bit of telly guff. I finally watched a bit of telly that came out this year. Um, Very good. Um, caught, uh, no, I was about to say caught up. That's not right. Watch some more Euphoria. I pick it up a little bit after the after the first episode was a bit slow. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, not too much to, to to really say about the last two episodes I watched, but um, you know, going going strong and, and keeping the willy count nice and high, which is good. Um, uh, keep 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 that going. Um, started watching uh, Yellow Jackets, uh, oh, yeah. which was uh, garnering quite a bit of hype there a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm kind of glad I'm kind of coming to it post after the fact because it's a I think it's a great show to kind of binge through. Uh, we're about halfway through now and really, really liking it. Um, uh, really good, very intriguing, fantastic casting. I mean, the the the, the you know the, it's it's two time periods. You've got characters in the nineties and then their grown up versions in twenty twenty one. Very well done, very well done. Great casting, great makeup, great great like uh, uh, you know costume design and things like that. Just lots of little details on the characters. Um, yeah, really intriguing, really liking it. Um, um, and yeah, and, and the episodes move at a, at a decent clip as well. So um, yeah, enjoying enjoying that. Uh, and I also started a show that was a Joe Towny Towner uh, recommendation. Uh, watched the first two episodes of How to with John Richardson. Yeah. Uh, very funny. Very much enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, um, very weird. Um, uh, very kind of. Uh, very distinct kind of sense of humor, a little bit muted mm-hmm. at times. Uh, has a lot of does a lot of interesting things with like it kind of has to lean heavily on like comedic like editing and things like that because uh, Richardson himself is a character, but he's basically never in front of the camera. He's never directly interacting right. with people. Mm. Same as John Wilson, isn't it? No, John Richardson is the fellow. Wilson, yeah. yeah, Wilson. Oh, sorry. What did I say, Richardson? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know where I got that from. Uh, Wilson, excuse me. Uh, yeah, okay, no worries. He, he basically, you know, interviews people, but rarely gets in front of the camera, rarely directly interacts with very much at all. Uh, so there's a lot of very interesting editing and uh, and uh, things like that. It's it's very good, very funny, uh, and something very different as well. It's mm. not. Uh, it it is certainly not par for the course. We're enjoying that. I will uh, keep watching that. I am. Yeah, that was it. That was my telly for the week so far. What about you, boys? Uh, what have I been watching? Oh, yeah, well, I caught up on uh, the book of Boba Fett. Ah, yes. Um, the last, well, I skipped. I watched what, episodes one and two, which were really boring, as discussed. Um, skipped three and four. <laughs> 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 Just went straight into episode five, which was the uh, basically where the Mandalorian takes over. <laughs> and it is very weird, as Paul described last week. It is very strange because the Mandalorian just shows up, <laughs> Boba Fett goes away, and then it's just an episode of the Mandalorian, and it's like it's like they just put on the wrong episode <laughs> of the show. It's like, yeah, we're done with that now. This is good for the Mandalorian, um, but it was very good because I like the Mandalorian, and I yeah. think that character is really fun. And he was he was using the uh, dark saber to have a fight with another Mandalorian, and it was like, yeah, this is cool. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. And there's a very funny bit where he's in a spaceship and he pulls up alongside a 
<laughs> ship with a couple of little greedos in. I think they were. I don't know what it was. Um, that was very funny. And then, yeah, I watched the most recent one. Have you seen that one? Paul? I have. I've seen have. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that Another was... episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> Essentially, it was a, yeah, half Mandalorian, half the adventures of Luke Skywalker and Baby Yoda. <laughs> so again, absolutely no Boba Fett in it, um, yeah. but it was enjoyable. Um, the the CGI Luke Skywalker face didn't wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It was far better this time. They, they kind of got away with it. There, um, there were there were a, couple, a handful of shots where the uncanny valley shone through. Mostly when he was speaking in close-up, which I noticed specifically, they kind of, as much as possible, avoided. Yeah. They, they were kind of focused on Grogu when he was talking. But, um... Yeah, it didn't look bad, but then that's a bit of a problem, because that's the kind of best you can hope for, <laughs> not to look yeah. horrible. It didn't look good. It wasn't like, yes, I'm enjoying this performance, because his face doesn't move. It's just completely blank. You know, it's just uh, him speaking the lines. You don't well, I read it. I read a thing that it wasn't even him speaking. I don't know if, if this was specific to the end of Mandalorian season two, but apparently they used like an AI to do, make his voice. Isn't, yeah. It wasn't actually Mark Hamill even doing the lines. Yeah. Oh, I read he did the, the, the lines, but they just corrected it to make it sound younger. Younger. And he is credited, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, it might be that if they use his voice, they have to credit him. But yeah, possibly. that's where you get into the gray area of we'll be watching the fucking the adventures of young Luke in a hundred years when Mark Hamill's long and gone. And we could see we could see Han Solo next week. Nice. <sighs> um, Fuck. I I enjoyed the episode, nevertheless. I well, Joe, do you remember when? Yoda was training. Do you remember when Yoda was training Luke Skywalker? I do. I remember very well. But do you do you remember it? And do you do you do you want to see it again? Basically, mm, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's mine. Yeah, but that was um, interesting. This wasn't as interesting because Luke Skywalker yeah. was a bit of a prick. Uh, but that's what, 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 what if, when I was. What, what if he pulled out a little CGI sausage and went to yeah. little fucking Grogu, uh, uh, Grogu, Grogu? Uh, Take and little CGI, he goes sausage and Grogu's there. <laughs> and he's like, Yes, well, there is and a then, bit actually. Oh no, <laughs> no, he pulls out the mini lightsaber and it's like a little no, he does not. That big and it's like, it was Yoda's lightsaber, so it's, it's, it's yeah, like it's, yo, it's not, it's not as far as Joseph, but it was Yoda. Oh, well, it looks, it is pretty smart, but it is, it's smaller than a normal <laughs> a little lightsaber uh, for a Ken doll. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I was watching the episode, I was just like, "They're hitting me over the head with." Remember when Yoda trained Luke? We're, it, it rhymes. We're 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 doing the flash. <laughs> yeah. Now he is training the Yoda. Oh, it's come full circle. And it's just like, oh, okay. Um, Grogu is one of the funniest characters we've ever done. So if we get him working, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Grogu's good. The funny thing is, though, Grogu, he, he's like a baby. Like he acts like a baby. He's literally a baby, yeah. Yeah, he's literally a baby, a toddler. Not even a toddler, like a young toddler. And he's trying to train him as a Jedi, and it's a bit like, hmm. Ah, well, you remember when little Jake Lloyd, they were saying he's too old, brother. Yeah, that was always the weird thing. I I remember being like a kid and watching Star Wars for like the first time via my friend who'd watched it a lot and was a big nerd about it. And he was like, "Um, they start training when they're one. And I was like, what? How does that happen? I was like, no, you're wrong. They definitely have to be like 10. He's like, no, they start training when they're one. It's in a book. No, like, you're oh. thinking of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, yeah, so like, well, Luke Skywalker was like twenty when he started. But uh, yeah, but I think. The, but doesn't Yoda say that? I'm too old to see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too old. Too much hair on balls. Mm. Too old. Um, that's a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's my lunch. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the last two episodes, I, I, I already spoke about last week's one. Last week. Oh, this yeah. week's one, I would say it, it, it felt very transparently like it was setting up new series left and right, you know? Yeah. Because obviously they can't do the Gina Carano one now. And I don't know to the extent to which that's affected their decision making in terms of what's in the pipeline, but also stuff as pertains to this show, what their focus is. Like maybe she would have mm. appeared in the show originally. So you have you have the uh, Rosario Dawson character, Ahsoka or whatever that is. She, she shows up because obviously she's got a show coming. So we have to establish her real fast. And it just like it feels very transparently like left and right is here's a character uh, who's very uh, on the periphery of Star Wars, but they're getting a show real quick. So here they are. Remember them for when their show comes out and then watch it. Um, and I think that gets in the way of the storytelling a little bit. And I feel like like the next episode is the last one of the series. I and mean, I don't feel like they've properly built up the actual Boba Fett uh, story because he's not been. He, he was in the most recent episode for. 10 seconds in the background. I don't think he had a line, but he was there. Yeah. But like, what's, are we, are we just going to suddenly switch back to Boba Fett in the literally last episode I, of the I show? I hope not. I think this is like a Shane McMahon situation. Maybe Boba Fett tried to book himself in the too many lightsaber <laughs> battles and um, they said, right, just get the Mandalorian in. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know that this show, that, that it's really been a success at all. Um, I appreciate that they, they didn't go like as much as making show about Boba Fett is kind of uh, futile in the first place because uh, it, it it only satisfies people who are like Boba Fett so fucking cool. Um, I I appreciate that they've given his character a kind of different approach than he's just mm. constantly fucking badass and he beats up everyone without even trying. But I don't know that it's being a compelling show like like to, to speak of the episodes that you skipped joe they like they introduced his little gang and i'm sure they'll be in the finale so mm. I, it's not to say that's entirely pointless but they introduced his gang of little um what you call them like cyborgs who ride the power ranger colored bikes oh yeah and then just haven't been in it since then so it's like why why make an episode introduce them in the first place and give them a little chase scene just seems like Favreau is out of touch. He needs to be replaced by Triple H. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I keep, I continue to punish myself by watching these. I, I'm not that impressed by it. It's fine. I people keep saying to me like, why don't you just watch like fucking the Sopranos, which you've never seen before? And I'm like, no, I have to watch stupid Boba Fett show. Yeah, you have to watch how I live my life. You have to watch Boba Fett, and you have to watch fucking what's next. Um, Marvel presents. Wong, uh, all about <laughs> Wong's adventures and where Wong goes when he's not doing the movies. Uh, uh, Star Wars, we, we've got Obi-Wan next, I think. Isn't that the next thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, where it'll be like, remember Obi-Wan and that. Um, yeah. it, it is, it, and I know it's been done, but it, it is member berries at this stage. Yeah. Like, Star Wars, I think, is worse than, than, than Marvel because at least Marvel... For all its current failings, it's moving. It's moving to something. They're going. They're going. They're going. 
Star Wars, like, it's just, how many more gaps can you fill in in this timeline? Mm. It's just fucking, like... Considering the entire timeline only covers about 70 years? Yeah, it's it's crazy to me to think that, that, that in the previous regime of Star Wars, before he sold it off, that, like, one of the biggest, like, licensed products they made was, like, Knights of the Old Republic. Because the story is of that is, okay, we're going a thousand years before the events of the movies, and we're going to do some fucking shit that's, like, interesting and different and not all these same fucking characters, locations, and events. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah, a, like, what not is a, Tatooine the most important planet in the universe? And, like, not a stormtrooper to be fucking seen. I don't need to see a fucking stormtrooper again for as long as I fucking live, you know. I just want to mention as well, that Member Berries episode of South Park came out six years ago now. Really? I would have thought it was longer, actually, you know. I didn't realize six it was that years, Six years of Member Berries, and we're still living that life. I had six years of, of only gotten more in love with nostalgia, you know. So. <sighs> God. Um, yeah. Is that the only TV? Um, I also watched a documentary, two-part documentary uh, called The Decade the Rich Won. Uh, So you can imagine how cheerful that was. Um, It was basically about the years since the financial crash of 2008 and how inequality has gotten kind of worse and worse and worse. And the central bank remedy has been uh, quantitative, quantitative easing, which, as far as I explained it, is kind of printing money and giving it to rich people. Um, yeah, that, that'll do they, it. They kept trying that, and it, it just hasn't worked. But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was a, an interesting but very depressing show about the, the widening uh, uh, gap between rich and poor. So yeah, well, that's that's what we're watching. Speaking of depressing, what about you, Paul Lentenlift? Yeah, speaking of depressing, I've been watching. <laughs> Drag race, and my favorite drag queen had to leave because she hurt her leg. They didn't even get eliminated in a lip sync for your life. Mm. Just right at the start of the episode, all the all the queens come out, do their little intro where they're like, "Bitch, I'm gonna turn it today. It's gonna be fleet or whatever they said." Um, and they're like, "But where's cornbread? Where's cornbread? Cornbread's not here. Where's cornbread?" Turns out, cornbread rolled. The old ankle doing the, the previous week's challenge and is, was advised to, to, to get, stay off their feet for six to eight mm. weeks. So they, they can't do any more lip syncs. They can't walk the runway. And so they're they're out. So it's like, you know, it's like you're watching AEW and Mox is gone for not, not you know, eight, <laughs> for as long as Mox was gone, really. Yeah. You miss him. Yeah. So you're kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of that situation. So I'm sure they'll be back for uh, season 15. That's usually what happens is if someone has to leave during the, the, the show for reasons outside of the control of the normal show, they're usually mm-hmm. brought back the following season for another crack at the crown. Um, so Cornbread's gone, but then they eliminated the worst person, uh, which was, which was That's good. Obviously, you know, swings and roundabouts. But uh, yeah, not again. Not a not a great episode outside of the the obvious issues. The, the challenge wasn't that fun, and yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't a great one. But uh, nevertheless, one of the one of my favorite people is gone, so it's a bit of a bummer. That's a bummer. Not child to tell you for the week. I didn't watch South Park. Yeah, I know South Park is back. I'm going to watch now. Yeah. Uh, we will move on then. To the Zim movies, movie girl. Uh, I watched uh, in the theater. I went and saw the tragedy of Macbeth. 
directed by one of them Coens, Joel, um, of the he of the Cohen brothers, uh, yeah. and starring uh, Francis McDormand and uh, Denzel. Denzel Washington. Why am I blanking on one of the greatest living actors? Um, uh, and Finchie. Uh, bloody good soldier for England uh, or Scotland. Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, really good, really fantastic. Um, it is not. Uh, it is not any kind of we're doing Macbeth, but no, it's not. They're doing Macbeth. It's Macbeth. Yeah. They do. They made a movie about Macbeth. It's very, very uh, literal is the wrong word because that's you can't really do that. It's very faithful. Uh, uh, there's like a couple of. There's kind of a couple of little tiny ch- like uh, uh, artistic interpretations to it that basically every single film has. Some things are famously not shown in the play that certain movies have shown. Some things are implied more heavily or less heavily by the visuals more so than the text. Like the character of like uh, uh, Ross, who's like a you know right hand man for Macbeth, he has been like the the, the secret genius behind Macbeth. He's been a traitor to Macbeth. He's done all these things uh, in various different films without adding any additional dialogue to the films because that's sort of uncouth um, and this movie's like that it it, 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 it plays it out plays, the story plays out the exact way it typically does there's a couple of little artistic flourishes here, some dialogueless scenes uh, that, that add a little bit of a spin to it but nothing uh, major, uh, it is one of the best looking movies definitely of last year uh, but probably of the last few years as well uh, this will sound like it's not a compliment, but it really is. The sets almost look like they're acting in like postmodern, like fucking art installations. Like the the castle is like at times certain scenes it looks like a super hot level. It's just they're standing right. in these big mass and they're massive cavernous. Uh, 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 like fairly blank sets where the where the walls are literally just white or grey or black. Tons and tons and tons of very interesting like shadow work. Like it'll just be a a, a collection of like pillars and like a and like a, a blasting light background and very interesting shadows. It looks fantastic. All the exterior scenes then, um, almost kind of look like they're deliberately trying to evoke a stage. Because it's kind of just here's a scene where where uh, uh, Banquo and his son are walking on a dirt road, but they're walking on about like two or three steps before the action of the scene has to happen because they're they're obviously on a very small plot of actual ground, and then behind them is what looks like a kind of theater esque rear screen projection. It's probably just CGI, but it's a very it's a very good convincing rear rear screen projection fake. Uh, it looks phenomenal i mean it looks really really fantastic and I, I don't think i can do it justice trying to kind of explain it uh performances are great uh obviously as you would expect from the cast it's a bit jarring but i think it was the right call no one's doing an accent they said i forget mm. that it would Den- denzel's not up there doing ah i told you we shouldn't have killed the king i oh. he's not doing that that'd be rubbish <laughs> Um, as good as that was by me just there. I mean, he, he wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, so everyone's just talking normal uh, in their normal voice, which can be a bit jarring uh, uh, because they have like some Scottish actors and then obviously they have several American actors and, and, and some English and some this and that and the other. So you're not getting... Uh, uh, that is very jarring at first, but I think I think it's I think it's for the benefit of the film, and I think everyone is more comfortable and, and, and gives more interesting performances as a result of it. Ah, uh, yeah. So two thumbs up on on 
uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. I would, I would put it maybe just outside my top films of last year, maybe like the 11 or 12 mark, just outside the top 10, but very, very good. Um, saw that. Uh, and then I did see Jackass Forever. Uh, Paul, I know you also saw that. I did. Uh, you also completed your rewatch of like everything else that came before it, I assume. Do you want to make mention of them before we move on? Yeah, well, I, I you know I haven't watched um, any more Wild Boys or uh, Viva La Bam, but I, I will continue with those in the background because um, I never really sat down and watched Wild Boys three. I've seen bits of it here and there, but I've never watched it. But now, having completed the Jackass filmography, I'm definitely interested to to watch Wild Boys, knowing it's like directed by Tremaine, has Knoxville in it towards the end as well. It's definitely the true spiritual successor to Jackass, TV-wise at least. Way more so than Viva La Bam. Um, yeah, so I watched, uh, I've watched six Jackass movies this week. Uh, that's my movie guff. Uh, they're all very good, at least the, the main numbered ones, which I mean, one, two, three, and then we'll obviously talk about forever shortly. Uh, one, two, and three are all really good. I had much more... Um, of an appreciation for two this time around. Uh, I'm not sure why. I, I guess just with the context of having watched the TV show in the immediacy before. Um, one is 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 almost too simple. And I know that I love the simplicity of Jack, as, as I've talked about before. I love how simple it is. But one is too close to the TV series, but it's like, oh, but we can swear now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and show our poopies. And show a poopy. But it doesn't feel like they really evolved to the point that like two, three, and four hour. That that's where it feels like the line is you've like the TV series plus one, and then you have two, three, and four where they really kind of go bigger and go crazier, you know. Um, so I think two might two might almost be my favorite one at this stage. I've gone from kind of underappreciating it now to like oh, actually I can now my eyes are open to the to all the aspects of it that that I really enjoy. Um. Three obviously really holds up, even though it's not in 3D. Although the Blu-ray that I have does come with the 3D glasses, so you can watch the 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 blue and red 3D version, which I've never actually done. That might be an interesting uh, experiment. What I will say though is uh, 2.5 bad. Um, I've never watched any of the 0.5s. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I kind of wanted to squeeze as much uh, out of the the Jackass content. W- uh, rag as I as I could, um, I think three point five is actually worth checking out if you've not seen it. it. Was it was on Netflix up until the first of February, and now it's not on anymore. So, okay. unfortunately, you've missed your window to get it there. But um, I have them all on DVD anyway, so that's how I've watched them. And I, wa- I watched all the special features as well over the last uh, week. I watched all the deleted scenes, all the outtakes, all the additional scenes. 3.5, very good. 3.5 does feel like a the same thing as they did with like Anchorman. You know, they made the Welcome uh, Ron Burgundy, whatever it was called, where they they made so much content they could make a second movie. Yeah, of, of 3.5 feels like that. It feels like a complimentary film to 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 watch on the back of three. Um, 2.5, on the other hand, is only an, it's an hour long. First of all, it's like an hour four minutes or something like that. Half of it is like talking head interviews where they're like, this is why this scene wasn't good and why it's not in the main movie. 
Right. And it's like, well, what's the point of watching it then? It, 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 it just has a kind of downbeat tone to it that doesn't feel in line with the rest of the Jackass movies. Whereas 3.5 does feel like here's more Jackass. Uh, I actually had a more fun time watching the deleted scenes on the Jackass 2 DVD than watching 2.5. Okay, yeah. So that, that, that's how that went. But yeah, all the number ones are really good. And uh, yeah, this might be my last time sitting down and watching them for a long time. So I, I definitely enjoy the experience. They're all they're all fun times. And then we come, of course, to Jackass Forever. Which I think uh, keeps keeps the momentum going of all the numbered ones being very good. Yes, um, I this was like one of my favorite cinema going experiences, maybe ever. Uh, wow, that I've had it was so good. First of all, just because of the, the movie being very funny, I was legitimately, I was legitimately wailing at various points of this. I I laughed so 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 hard, and the entire theater was was, was laughing. And there was that great thing of like every couple of scenes, like they'd fade up from black and people would be ooing and aahing and recoiling and shocked <laughs> and, and scared of what was coming next. There, there, there is a, a combat sports cameo early on in the movie that everyone gasped at when, when this person uh, 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 sort of, when it was expl- who, who, when they came on screen and then when it was explained what they were doing, it was quite, quite funny. Um, well, I, I will say, so it's, it was a great theater experience. Everyone loved it. Tons of laughing. Um, at least two, possibly four people left halfway through and didn't come back. Um, uh, two two people definitely did, and and two others got up, and I was I kind of clocked them, and I did, and I I was trying to keep track of if they came back. I can't remember if they did or they didn't. Two others definitely didn't, and also they were they were like a couple, so I was kind of thinking, well, they're not going to the bathroom. They're already going to the bathroom together. So I think four people left, uh, and the ones who definitely left, I mean, they they left during one of the. This is the most cock and balls I've ever seen in any film, literally ever. And, and they did leave during one of many excruciating cock scenes. Um, um, <laughs> man, there's a lot of dicks. Not only a lot of dicks, but a lot of dicks getting punished in 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 this movie. Get that uh, on the DVD cover. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot, but um, I think I I, I think. The, the magic is still there is the main thing but also i think and i think knoxville has said as such like you can tell basically since they last did one that he's been like think like they've been they've been thinking about things to do because it was a very creative uh yeah. collection of stunts and ideas and skit um they really went for it unlike what you were saying about one this one did kind of feel a little bit more kind of movie worthy it was like they did some kind of more elaborate things uh, uh while still maintaining that classic feeling um, oh, it was great. I mean, it was just, uh, uh, it was one of those ones where I, when I knew they were kind of on the last sun, it was like, oh, it's like it was like getting off a roller coaster ride. I was like, oh, it's over, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I really loved it. I'd love to see it again. Um, and yeah, and if that's, if that's the last one they ever do, um, great. Couldn't, couldn't ask for any better. Based on the physical condition of them all, maybe it should be the last one they do. Um, uh, in Knoxville in one of the kind of last uh, stunts of the film is very badly injured um, uh, and at his big age to be getting concussions like that I uh, I cannot be worth it even as much as he yeah, I think he's, he's been concussed on every film yeah and that can't be worth it no matter how successful the films are it cannot be worth it 
Um, uh, uh, Dave England, man, that guy looks old. That guy looks <laughs> old. Um, like they all like, they all look old. Fair enough, but every time there was a close up of him, I'm like, oh my god, dude, he's had a he's had a hard life doing this shit. The road has owned them, brother. I, yeah. I definitely had a um a, a better appreciation of David England as I watched through this time round because I I used to always think, oh, he's the one who does the gross house stuff. But actually, I think he's very funny in his own right. Yeah, no, he is. Um, I had I had respect for for uh, Aaron after this because my God, I mean, he did like <laughs> legitimately like six or seven things where it's like I would not do one of them for the check he probably got for that film, which is probably substantial. <laughs> and and like again, like I said, an obscene, an insane amount of dick punishment in this movie. It's all him. He gets hit in the dick over and over and over and over and over again, and in increasingly unbelievable ways um <laughs> i was just like man i hope he i hope he gets the biggest check imaginable yeah i mean he's like in a sense the star of the film um yeah i mean i i definitely thought it was funny really like really funny i think i was laughing pretty much for the first 45 minutes like straight with yeah. no breaks constant laughter uh, and although the film it does have like you know, uh, gross out moments. I don't think there was too much um, people in the cinema of a, you know, a tender disposition. I think the reaction to everything was laughter. It is mm. a, it is primarily a very funny film. There were, I don't think there was too much people, oh, no, uh, uh, maybe once or twice. But I, I don't think if I was recommend this film to people who hadn't seen it, that they should really go in expecting a an uneasy time or un- an uneasy experience. I just think it's, 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 it's one step up from like, you've been framed where <laughs> yeah. on the ice and falls down. Um, you know, uh, what I will say though, uh, first of all, nothing to do with the film, but there was a, a funny little occurrence in the cinema. We, we segue briefly into the cinema going experience, right? Always in, in the row in front of us, here comes the mammy with the two little girls. They're like four years what? old. No. And they have their little um, cinema happy meal thing with a little popcorn to drink. And they come in the row in front of us and sit down. And I I nudge. I forget who's sitting next to me, whether it was my brother or who. I don't remember. But I nudge. And I go, how long do you give them? Uh, five. I think, I think the highest we got was like five minutes. Maybe. Yeah. And I said, well, I think as soon as it flashes jackass, <laughs> they're going to be gone. So I, I'm just keeping an eye on them in the in their own front. I'm just seeing if anything happens there. And I noticed the mother is starting to get more and more like suspicious. Like She starts looking around and sees, oh. It doesn't look like the audience for Sing 2. There's, there's no children in this. It's, <laughs> it's all bearded men. <laughs> and she she was in front and to my left, right? And she leaned, she looked after, it must have been after five minutes of her just going like, what? <laughs> what? Huh? Ah, it must, uh, it's not, it's the children that are wrong. It's not me. But then eventually she leans over to the person to their left. And I couldn't hear audibly what she was saying, but I guess she was saying, you know, is this, either, is, is this screen seven or is this for sing too? I couldn't hear what her question was, but I heard the the guy that just went, no, <laughs> in response. And they were up and they were gone. Okay. Thank God. 
See, I, um, I like like the, there's this. The, it's always ninety five percent likely that they just got the wrong theater. But I always love the idea when when I see something like that, and like maybe they think it'll, it's all right and it's just a little overrated, underrating, and it'll be fine. Uh, I mean, to to an extent, it is like I um, I don't know. Like the very first scene that I wouldn't have two little five year old kids watching. Well, I think scene. without getting spoilers, I think the first scene is. Um, disguised well enough that a child with no context wouldn't understand it. Uh, I don't uh, know. I think I they think would so. know. I, um, I, I'm curious. We'll wait until the movie's out longer to discuss it. I, I, I think I think there were there were more direct scenes later on that m- might have you know, mommy, wh- <laughs> why is that man's really going in the blender or whatever? <laughs> uh, oh, this dog's after farting again. Um, but. Uh no, it was definitely a case that they're just at the wrong screen. Anyway, as far as the movie goes, I do have some criticisms about it. Mm. As much uh fun as I did have, I, I went an eight out of ten on the letterbox.com, mm. which is my movie of the year out of one Same. at this point. Um I thought that it was a little front loaded. Yes. I think the best stuff is in the first half. I think it 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 doesn't run out of steam necessarily, but there's there's parts of the second half where i was just like that's quite funny instead of laughing uproariously um i think the new cast members are hit and miss i think poopies is the the one at the top end of the scale who feels like he most seamlessly integrated into the group he kind of got the tone of it yeah yeah and then there were were one of two of them that are like they're not like bad but they, they don't feel like they got the tone of Jackass. It's like, like they feel like they watch Jackass and, and enjoy. It's funny when people get hurt, but actually, what Jackass is about is the tone of the 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 camaraderie of the right. the, the cast. Uh, I would say Jasper fell into that for me, mm. where like he was fine, but he didn't feel. He felt like he was in a different movie. Like the way he spoke to the camera didn't fit the tone of what the Jackass tone is. Um, so some of them quite good. It, it, it was obvious that they were kind of giving the new guys some of the bigger hits as well, apart from the one that you mentioned with Knoxville towards the end. Yeah. Seemed like a lot of time, the new guys were taking the bigger hits more so than the existing cast. Um, and as, as, as always with, even if it's like a scripted film, like a star Wars or, or a Marvel thing, there's always that kind of inkling that what they're, we, me and my friends are talking about this when we came out. They're kind of like, they'd probably happily leave it now forever. But also if this film is successful and it seems like it was very successful, I, I'm sure there's a, a thought at the back of someone said, "Oh well, oh, Jackass Junior, you know, cast." Do you know what I, I mean? don't even think Jackass Junior. I think they could do the same again and do Jackass Five. The only ch- thing you would have to change really is like Knoxville not taking that big hit at the end because I don't think any of the other stunts they did per se were like hits to the head or Not, anything I mean, that would be yeah, like I mean, thing the, the hits to the head are, are, are things that they really probably shouldn't do anymore but even if it's not hit to the heads I, I don't know if, if any of them outside of the context of doing a big event were doing another jackass movie I, I don't think any they, they, at a certain age they probably wanted to stop getting beaten up to the degree even if it's not <laughs> concussions sure. like I mean at one point one person's balls were literally bleeding from a a, a, a very painful stunt an attack yeah. yeah so it's like at a certain point it's kind of like even if it's not necessarily in impacting their life they probably have to say look this is not worth it i'm you know next time they do this if, if they did it again they'd be fucking 60 do you know what i mean like they're not they'd be actual they bad grandpas they wouldn't have to wait 10 years to do it again That's i don't know i don't know i i i'm I, surprised I, that they've only pumped out for them in 20 years 
Because, yeah, I mean, I suppose, well, they've all had, like, their other ventures. You know, they've all wanted to go into Yeah, but it things. seems like they could have made more, oh, more yeah, money easy. and yeah. more by just by just pumping one out every three years or so. I yeah. I, I, thought the, I thought the new cast were, were okay. Um, yeah, I also didn't, I didn't love them. I thought, I thought, I mean, I thought, I, I don't think any of them massively whiffed, but I think it's definitely um, not, you know, not the same as, as the original crew. But then it's also difficult to build up people in one movie, whereas the rest of the cast was three series of TV and then three movies plus their various spin-off shows they did and you're you're well familiar with them you know suddenly you're like here's a new people they have one movie to get you know to work i will say last thing i'll say about it because i know we're going on long here but i felt like it kind of lacked a showstopper ending for sure uh that the other movies had um uh, and to the point uh that you made about like getting off the roller coaster it would be if like the end of the road like you're down a big dip and then suddenly you're at the end and you go but what? Where's the uh, the big bit before you yeah. finish? You know, um, they do the. There's one that they do that has, I guess, for the the film, it has the most like pyrotechnics and stuff. But it, it didn't feel like a big no showstopper. It was, you, like that's not going to be the thing you remember about the film in no. years time. Like the car going in the ass in number one. Like they, you, you. I was watching it, and then it was like, yeah. Once the pyro started to go up, I was like. Oh, is this the thing? Is this the end? This like, is the thing. It was a little bit anticlimactic. That's yeah. That was a bit lame, um, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you um, did you see like the one scene where there's still a bit of bam in there? The yeah, yeah. The he has one line in the stupid. film. Does he? He says, "Are you okay, Steve?" Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You can hear him. Yeah, it was funny because I was trying to. We were trying to debate. We were like not debating. We were kind of discussing it after the fact. I was like, "Do you think? Did they just say, look, that we can't cut that scene? It's too good." And plus, Steve-O got hurt doing it, so they had to show him getting carted away after the fact. Yeah. So they're like, look, I mean, it has to, to be, be honest. There. I know there's like lawsuit stuff yeah. going on. I, I just think in the end it'll all get sorted out and they'll all be mates again. And they'll probably, if they do it in time for like four point five, they might even include more of his footage in that. Well, that's that's the thing, yeah. Because when you were talking about the point fives, I was like, there's there's given the fact that they had to cut all his stuff specifically after it was filmed. There's there's, there's stuff, definitely yeah. a lot of stuff, but I don't know. I mean, like Jeff Tremaine has like a restraining order against him yeah, now. But I, it, uh, it, it feels like it feels like hurt feelings are at the center of it all. Well, but mean? also his health. You know, is well, yeah. I mean, from his side, but I feel like yeah. a lot of the the uh, antagonism comes from a place of hurt feelings. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And it's funny because, like, yeah, because they left that in, and he got like he's in the credits, like he got a credit. He's like thirtieth in the. Credits. Yeah, he's under like the celebrity cameos, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, so even despite all the, the the legal back and forth thing, he probably will get money if he's in the credits. He probably will get money for it, you know. But that's a whole other uh, uh, saga. It is quite sad to be honest for such a jovial movie. That that whole aspect of it is quite unfortunate. Um, yeah, but it is it is what it is. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's Jackass. Uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyed. Off the, uh, movies off to a good start for the year. Uh, any other movies for the uh, for this week? Uh, yes, I watched a movie called Tomboy, uh, which is another film from Celine Shiama, who uh, does the third film, um, reviewing of hers, so A Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Water Lilies, uh, watched in, in recent weeks. Um, so this is from 2011, It's a, I think it's her second film, and it's about a young girl who identifies as and presents as a, as a boy, in in france and she and her he and her family moved to a new town and when she meets the kind of local children um she 
presents as a boy to them and changes her name, cuts her hair off, and then essentially kind of tells them she's a boy and, and they don't know that, that she, uh, she was born a girl. I'm getting very apologized now because I keep saying he all the time because I'm confusing myself. But you, that's kind of the point of the film. Yeah, um, there's like an ambiguity about it. Yes. Uh, and it's actually kind of interesting. So, so he you know, he's making these kind of new friends and trying to fit into this. And it's, it's lots of 10 year old boys who are incredibly kind of violent and masculine. It's basically like jackass, you know, they're very violent and masculine and want to like punch each other in the head. And he's trying to kind of learn, you know, and learn how to fit into that kind of very, you know, crazy sort of masculine world of, of young boys. Um, and obviously has difficulty doing so and has difficulty kind of concealing, um, that he wasn't born a boy. Um, and it's interesting because there's not actually a lot of adults in the film. There are a few adult characters in it, but they don't actually appear that much. It's mainly the kids, um, which is, you know, quite unique, really, and, and really kind of naturalistic performances. And, yeah, it's it's um, it's, it's not a kind of plot-heavy film. It's more about kind of moments and the sort of emotions. But, yeah, very enjoyable, um, very, very good film. I think, I mean, it was made in 2011, so I think it was maybe at the time kind of trans issues and the idea of being kind of non-binary or gender wasn't as discussed or maybe not as well mm. known. So it's probably maybe a little bit more kind of, I don't know, I would say provocative, but, you know, exploring issues that maybe weren't being talked about as much then as, as they would be now. Um, but still a very kind of interesting film to, to go back and go back and watch. So, yeah, we're um, continuing with the, uh, the journey through all of her films. Um, on the various kind of poncy movie platforms like movie and <laughs> BFI player, you know. Those, those yeah, of course. Oh, fucking um, movie came out of my bank account there yesterday. I gotta start uh, using it. I gotta I start using it. It is good, but I never think to use it. I've only seen one film. I don't think it's even directed by her, but I think she wrote the screenplay. It was called My Life as a Courgette. Oh, yes. Uh, That's also on, on, on movie as well. Um, so that was good. And then I also watched another film from a, a European director. Uh, it was oh. called Independence Day um, ah, yes, by yes. Roland Emmerich. Um, uh, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> Roland Emmerich. Um, I know this film's shit, but I just love it. I absolutely love it. I love every minute of it. I love when Jeff Goldblum goes, the fat lady, the fat lady, you're obsessed with the fat lady. Um, I love when Will Smith goes, now that's what I call a close encounter. Um, and I love when Randy Quaid goes, yours and then flies into the spaceship so yeah i love i love every minute i've seen it i must have seen it 25 times independence day and i could happily watch it another 25 times and not love it any less so yeah are you going to check out moonfall oh i watched the kermode review today and it was it was a spectacular review he called it the stupidest film he'd ever seen but he <laughs> but he, he had a big grin on his face it was so stupid he loved it so i might have to watch it yeah it has your man from game of thrones in it as well what's his name Samuel Tali. oh yeah, yeah. i think, I think How, how's he got all these movie roles I was, how's yeah, he he's one? all right he's a good lad he's not bad it's all the game of thrones they all get these roles they're yeah know? all they're still they're still dining out on it they're still they're still doing well uh later Headley is 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 in things um fucking john snow's in loads of stuff john snow's doing well um yeah uh, fuck, uh fucking i haven't seen fucking sands of stark in anything since that Suspiria uh, remake uh, suspiria suspiria 
I've never seen it, so that's why that's why I took a stab. <laughs> You've never heard it said. You've only seen it. But I've heard you. I've been, it's been a few weeks since I heard you talk about it. So I was. I, I, I talked about the original one. I've never seen the remake. Um, before or after Dark Phoenix? Oh, that, that was oh, probably oh, it. Her, it me about Dark Phoenix. For that's instance. it. I mean, it, it got a piece she, of shit. She got derailed by that. I guess is probably what happened. Yeah. Oh, um, she's done nothing since Moonfall. Um, and fucking uh, Daenerys is thankfully no longer allowed to make movies. Um, everyone, oh. everyone agreed she's bad. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, that all the movies for this week? Yeah, it is. Uh, we will move on then from the movies into the game golf. Uh, I'll tell you what I didn't play today. Um, uh, was, February is absolutely rammed with releases, obviously. A shit ton of things coming out, uh, and March as well has a decent few things coming out as well. So it's very busy, busy, busy. Uh, one of the things I was very looking, very much looking forward to playing next week was uh, Sifu, the action kind of almost John Wicky style action game. Looks tremendous. Uh, that's coming out next week. I only found out today when they were announcing that it was broken that you could get early access to it today if you'd pre-ordered it it comes out on tuesday uh i wasn't i wasn't aware of that so that so i only learned that when they said yeah we have this feature it's not working by the way we have it but uh so it was on fire apparently so i was kind of so when i read that like first thing this morning i was hoping they'd have it fixed and i could play it before coming on here and talking about it uh it is fixed Mm. and i downloaded it but literally like just as i was coming on here so i haven't played sifu yet but i might try and squeeze some of that in before bed very excited about that uh but didn't get a chance to yet what i did get a chance to play uh, was I booted up Paparazzi uh, on the old Game Pass on the old Xbox device there. Um, it's very cute. I played a very quick bit of it. I did not get to play that much of it. It's very, very cute. It has the exact art style and tone you would want of, of that kind of game. It also looks quite nice as well. Uh, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. It is like it is. I was going to compare it to Pokemon Snap. Snap. That's actually not really it. You've a bit more free movement. You're not on rails or anything. You're kind of pottering around yeah. an, an environment with a camera taking pictures of dogs. Uh, it's a little bit more like um, uh, for anyone who played it like last year, Umarangi Generation was a, also a photography game where you, you moved around a certain level and 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 took pictures at your own kind of free will uh yeah so that's that one thing i will say the controls are weird i feel like i need other people to play it and try and help me uh phrase it it's like thank god it's not like a twitchy shooter and at the end of the day the dogs that i've seen are not especially difficult to photograph so it's not so it's fine but thank god this game isn't like doom or something because there's like a delay on the movement and your field of vision is quite large this rotating with the stick it feels weird it's just it's not a very finely tuned control scheme but again it doesn't really matter it's one of these kind of just hey it's a chill game boot it up take a picture of a dog you know uh, that's the name of the game uh so i played that uh, and another Game Pass gem, I uh, I played quite a lot of Windjammers 2. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Windjammers is sort of an arcade cult hit. Uh, came to the Neo Geo uh, home system uh, back in the 90s. Uh, was like recently, not really, a couple of years ago, was ported to modern systems. It's kind of a like... Um, uh, it ultimately kind of looks like when you're watching people play it, it kind of looks like air hockey. It's this fictional kind of sport where you're you're throwing a frisbee back and forth against the the computer on what looks like a tennis court, uh, but it moves super fast like an air hockey puck. That's the best way I can kind of explain it. And and it's very basic. It's got like you've got like three buttons. You've got uh, uh, a throw. You've got your your stick to move uh, a throw button 
And this game has a, a jump button. There are tennis-style lobs. So you can lob it into the air, and you can now jump into the air and catch it. It's very basic, but it's it's very, very addictive. It's one of those uh, uh, easy-to-learn, difficult-to-master type games. Uh, I've beaten this with three characters on the easy mode, uh, and even that took me quite a few tries. It's pretty tough, as, as you'd expect any kind of arcade-style game to be. Once you get to that final fight, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. And then again, that's a Game Pass game. I, I would recommend anyone who likes any kind of arcade, kind of sportsy kind of game uh, uh, to give that a look because it's very, very fun, very addictive. Um, and it has a great, uh, uh, obviously, because of its roots, it has a very uh, nostalgia, 90s arcade style uh, uh, audio visual package to it. But like really good, not doing all the obvious tropes. Like it, it sounds like something you would hear in an actual 90s arcade. It's not doing a pastiche of it. It's actually doing a very, a very good kind of. Uh, uh, it, the soundtrack almost kind of remi- reminds me of, um, uh, of like Outrun and stuff like that. Like real deal 90s hits. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing those and uh, enjoying them uh, uh, quite a lot. I'm hoping to get deeper into Paparazzi uh, uh, this week. Okay, well, I you might remember last week I was saying Badger 2 is a big old piece of shit. Mm. Um, and that was compounded by the fact that I saw an update that uh, Control is being yanked off Game Pass in mm. like two weeks' time. Not even now. What are we, nine days from now? I said, well, I'll get it. I better give that a spin before it's uh, taken away from me. I do, I do, wasn't on PS, I think it was on PS Plus. Uh, so I I uh, did yeah. have a copy on PS4, but I don't have PS Plus anymore. So I'd have to pay for that if I want to play it again. So I would rather play it on the Xbox anyway, performance-wise. So I've started the ball rolling on that. Um, maybe when I'm finished it, I'll give Banjo-Tooie another hour or two, but my focus has definitely shifted for now. So I've started playing Control. I'm probably an hour and a half into it. Uh, I've just started the third mission. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, performance-wise, it's been pretty good. I haven't had any slowdown or anything. The only thing I would say is the loading time is longer than you might expect from a, a Series S. I say I, I, any console with a solid-state hard drive. Yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't take as long to load as it does, which is a very first-world problem. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, load. I, the- I get annoyed with no, it nonetheless. I do like like, like the ascent hard. was was a a, a a game where I was like, this is terrible. Uh, I listen. We've all paid for these consoles. They you, you need to do better than this. You know. <laughs> um, no, I, I I do I like the. Um, I like the setup of it that you're in this uh, so far. You're in this one location that you you can uh, explore, um, and it seems like you're going to be getting leveled up like key cards to allow you to access to new areas. And I think that's a pretty good mechanic. Yeah. Um. So it has, f- even though it's not that genre of game, it has like a feel of being like a Metroidvania because of that specifically uh, i would say want, kind of, I, would, I would call it one of those i think it is okay uh, so, the, the, so the deeper you go into it the more you, you'll, you'll, okay, you'll get you find there. that actually yeah okay. well I, I i definitely like that element of it because you're, you're going through this one path getting a, a new ability that's going to add a key card to allow you to access new areas that you're, you'll then go back and, and do so i have i have the uh the throwing ability where you can pick up one. a big box and throw it and I, I've, I've done the first boss where you're he's flying around you're shooting him in the air um yeah there's there's lots of stuff about it i really like uh, i like the way they've uh the map works mm. where you can press up on the d-pad and brings up the map 
but the map is like transparent. So you can keep moving and you can see your little guy moving around the map, which makes it much easier to navigate than it otherwise would. Um, what I feel so far is not super well done. And this is only in the early stages. I'm sure this will change later on. But like you only, at the point I am, you only have one slot for your like uh, gun add-on. Yeah. And you have one slot for your like character add-on. And you're getting loads of them as you explore. Yeah. Be, like you don't, you don't use them because you only got one slot to put them in. Yeah. So I don't even feel like it, it's encouraging me to try out different things and f- feel what works for you. I just like oh, give me more health because I get like when you get shot, it takes a lot of health off you. Um, so I feel like that could have been better. Yeah. Integrated. But, um, and also some of the dialogue is a bit on the nose. Yes. Where yeah. you're hearing the inner thoughts uh, or, or it's, it's a bit ambiguous as to if there's like a split personality thing going on or whatever. But you're literally hearing the the inner monologue of, I can't tell you yet that I'm coming to get this company and why it is, and they've let me down, but I can't tell you why yet. And you're like, okay, well, she, she wouldn't really think that way. That's that's You're telling me these things, and yeah. I understand that, but the way you're doing it is a bit heavy-handed. Um, yeah, overall, a, an exper- a positive experience so far. I'm very interested to see where the story goes. There's elements of uh, Twin Peaks to it. There's elements of something like uh that maybe the, the the last stages of like last of us has that kind of feel that kind of exploration feel when you're in the where that's boring you're in like the, the hospital part mm. has that visually has that feel to it um yeah so hopefully i will have it finished before the deadline day the 15th but uh i know barry you mentioned to me earlier you want to do the side quests which yeah. I, I you know i want to do as much of the game as i can i'm really taking my time to like explore all the areas find all the little whatever it is little box that you press and it explodes and you get yeah. the add on but um, conscious of the, the fact that I'm on a timer, yeah, I'm also want to get the game finished before. Of course, yeah, I, it, it is it is tough because like not only are the side quests good, but I think it just in general, I think it's a great like kind of stop and smell the flowers kind of game in its kind of oblique, horrible darkness uh, for all it has. Like when you mentioned <laughs> yeah. you got to the hotline earlier, like I just love the way that looks, that whole area looks, and it's just like there's lots yeah. of lots of big vacuous empty spaces with an object one tiny little object in the middle of them lots of that yeah, it's, going it's on it's a little bit like portal in some way it's a little bit like super liminal um yeah um, uh, and it's like every every yeah at every new area you get to there's tons of nooks and crannies it does it one of my favorite things in a, in 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 like any kind of medium that, that this game does well it does a great job of like juxtaposing like the mundane office culture stuff with the supernatural stuff all the yeah. like this is this is i think it's probably my favorite game ever in terms of the the documents you find every fucking game has notes now that you find it's yeah. all very filler even something as much as i love like the last of us it's all very oh i was hiding i was stashing my money and my fucking partner shot me in the back isn't life horrible whereas this is kind of like hey idiot you put the fucking cursed item on the printer and it ate my friend you know it's kind of like that's <laughs> that's what control is and it does that stuff really well but also yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the side quests are, are worth doing because people like you know if you tell people you beat fucking control they're going to ask you a question that will make no sense to you that oh what about the bit with the fridge <laughs> and you'll and you'll say what because you, you you have to you have to kind of go looking and find that stuff yourself sure. um and it's it's not only is it kind of like wacky but they even kind of like the mechanics and the style of the game are futzed in certain ways they get they get very creative on the side quest as well so obviously with the, the clock ticking against you it's even doing all that stuff I, it's not an especially long game which I, another thing i really like about it which is why when they did put out the next gen version i was able to with relative ease play through it again 
Um, it's not it's not a Witcher three type, you know, uh, deity. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and, and I'm interested to hear what you make of those of those kind of. It's it's every couple of hours you're getting something new, intriguing thing. So I'm interested to hear where you are next week. Yep. Well, hopefully I'll have it finished. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. And this day next week you'll be on a real countdown. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, I also, when I went in to see Jackass, I also picked up a physical copy of Pokemon Legends Arceus mm. uh, for Natalia to play, um, but also for me to play after Control. Uh, I think Natalia was originally going to get a digital copy, and I was like, well, we get a physical copy, then we can both play it. And she said, well, you can play it on my Switch. And I was like, you're right. But then we found out that Smith's Toy Store were selling it for forty nine ninety nine. Which is a better price than you get on the uh, the Switch story. Save ten euros. So um, I don't oh, know. Do Nintendo. you want to come over and talk about Pokemon for a second? I left my review on the oh, she left a review. Let me read out her review. Oh. I'll find it now. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, so we have a review of Pokemon from Natty. She says, "Playing that new Pokemon <laughs> Breath of the Wild." So far, it is begging for some voice acting. The majority of the start of the game is your standard Pokemon, very text-heavy, and it just needs something to break the monotonous trudging that is to get through it. So yeah, it obviously doesn't have voice acting, which is a Nintendoism that still continues into 2022. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as open the world as she hoped it would be. There's a few big areas, but they feel quite limited. Sword and Shield did open world a bit better, in my opinion, with their wild areas. Uh, animation to cutscene transitions are constant, and it feels very clunky. You run up to a character to start or continue a mission. Your character will stop running, cut to an animation of your character walking up to that same character you just ran up to and starting a conversation. Bad. Well, that's something that I think is also true of uh, Sword and Shield. And I've I've given out in the past about how, uh, as graphics have developed, animations happened for a lot right. for, for a lot of games where you have to run up, stop, rotate. I think. Um, what game was it that was very bad for it? Was 12 minutes, might have been? Yes, yeah, the characters have to kind of spin around in place a little bit. Even though it's from <laughs> yeah. a different perspective, it kind of almost looks like they're doing the fucking uh, Bethesda game thing where the yes. characters are stopping and turning a little bit. So this, because I've been asked about this game by like all, all friends I have who don't really play that many games, but know I play a lot of them. I've been asked by every single one of them, have I played this game? And I've had to tell them all, yeah. I have not played a Pokemon game since Yellow. Okay, I don't know anything right. about this. What? So this is what? This is their first kind of go, of, we're going to do a bit more open-worldly. Is that what this is? It seems to be. Although they did they did a big open-world area in the, in the last mainline Pokemon game. I, I, I think this is more... Integrated. They're, bran- they're branching into like getting away from turn-based into more of a, a modern action feel. Okay. But I'll continue I'll continue with the review quickly. Uh, the Pokedex feels very laborious to complete. It's not just catch them all, but it's also catch each of them 30 times, watch them use this one move during battle, defeat them 12 times in battle, uh. catch five big, small, heavy, light ones, catch different forms. Uh, well, that's, that, that is the main thrust of the game, is, is uh, not only beating the Pokedex, but learning about them because because it's set in the past the pokedex is like a book so you have to do more actions that's what that's what the game is about essentially Uh, a lot of functions are hidden for some reason the game rewards you for releasing pokemon but you can't mass release them unless you have at least four full pastures at one time the game does not tell you this it also doesn't tell you you will be rewarded for releasing your 300 bidoofs 
Uh, she also says, might be a me problem, but the camera movements are really awful and makes me very motion sick. So far, it doesn't feel as fun as previous Pokemon games like Sword and Shield or Let's Go Eevee Pikachu. So there's the uh, the Pokemon review. I, I obviously haven't played it yet myself. I know that the reviews were good, but not great. Kind of sevens and eights across the board. Um, and I probably wouldn't have paid full price for it myself. But given that we got a physical copy for two of us, it's kind of like 25 euro each. And that's kind of... I'm more willing to give it a go for 25 euro than yeah. it would be for like 60 uh, so that's your Pokemon Legends review. Uh, I'll hopefully have played some of it over the next few weeks, and then I'll be able to give some feedback you, as well. If you're a good boy and you finish your control first. Yeah. If you finish your control, then you can have your cereal. Uh, we'll move on to the wrestling guff. Um, quieter week in wrestling this week. Oh, actually, that's not true. Shame it, man, got fired. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shit, there was a whole load of stories coming out of the Rumble that he was he made a futz of the fucking match and it was getting ch- chopped and changed. People were getting pissed off with him and he had ideas Brock didn't like and there was some confrontation with Randy Orton where apparently there were numbers getting mixed up and Randy Orton told him, listen, I'm not going out to Here Comes the Money, so you better get out there, <laughs> which is good. Uh, so yeah, that happened. Uh, no, re- no confirmation of the company on that and he hasn't popped up anywhere else. By anywhere else, I mean like some new company, not fucking AEW. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, some new, some new fucking crypto venture. Oh, um, <laughs> well, Tony Khan has been talking about the Forbidden Door a lot lately. Oh God, could you imagine? Oh, the Forbidden uh, Door. The contract says McMahon. Oh Lord, that would be great. He should bring, he should bring him in just to have fucking like mocks beat him in like two seconds. Wardlow powerbomb him eight times. Yeah, and the crowd goes one more time. Woo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, that was the that was the news for the week. Uh, who watched Rev Pro this week? I watched the main event of Rev Pro. Last oh yeah, week, uh, much talked about. Much talked about. Well, Meltzer kept going on about it. Mm-hmm. What, it was, what was this? I've not heard about it. Uh, it was, um, Will Osprey, Michael Oku. Yeah, um, he said it was like a throwback to territories, like four years ago, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, but I did watch it. And it was very good. I wasn't quite as impressed. Well, was it uh, well by it as I think he he was? Um, basically, Will Ospreay plays the but just straight kind of heel, you know, the very arrogant kind of heel who insults the baby face and his family and everything. And uh, the other guy, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Michael Oku. Michael, Michael Oku. He's he's yeah. the Ojmo uh, Paul. Ah, uh, uh, the Ojmo. I, I uh, someone explained it to me thing. once. I don't know why he uses. He goes by his real name in Rev Pro. I think there's a storyline reason he does that. I don't know, but it's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. He was he was very good. I mean, you kind of see him in a in a cruiserweight division somewhere doing doing good yeah, matches. We've seen him a handful of times. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. I, and he played kind of classic babyface, and it was a very good match. Kind of went on a bit long for me, and there was a bit too much amateur amateur dramatics at ringside as well. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty good overall. So I'm glad I checked that. I, the only the worst part was the commentary. Uh, yeah. Both both the actual commentators themselves also the audio was really really bad. Um, it reminded me of like an old chair shot podcast. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to put this stuff on streaming and all that. It's, God, you must be able to do some decent audio. Yeah, that's that hard, yeah. 
Uh, every time I've parachuted into RevPro, over that's been a problem like their entire existence. Yeah. Uh, bad commentary, bad audio quality on the commentary, and the camera work was usually shit as well. Like just uh, in an era where I mean that used to be the norm, but in an era where mm. most places have it right now, like you know, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. some things never change. It turns out. Yeah, so I won't be I won't be rushing towards the next show or anything, but it was you know good to check in on. What's going on? And they had a decent good crowd there, very hot crowd. So Brit Rez is back, thank God. <laughs> uh, well, I've I've seen some uh, some posters for for shows taking place in the British Isles, and let me tell you, they are dead, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dead! I won't mention any names or any specific shows, but let, let me just tell you, I saw a poster. And the word, literally, the words that came out of my mouth were "what a fucking dead show." That is, yeah. I've seen I've seen my share of them as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, over the pond, back mm. to the old US of A. Uh, there was some wrestling this week. There was, of course, more yes. AEW uh, with the main event on Dynamite of CM Punk versus MJF. Uh, in one of those ones, it's been a few weeks, so Punk had to give us our old reminder that, yes, he's still class. Um, <laughs> he can still go, brother. Uh, he went out there, him and MJF, and uh, this is the most kind of I'm doing a classic CM Punk match match uh, ever. Not to, not to disrespect MJF, who was fantastic in it, um, but oh, baby. That was 45 minutes. You know something's up when like they come out. And there's like forty minutes left on the on the on the VOD, and you're like, oh god, they're they're going they're going hell for leather here, and they did. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, what did you guys make of it? Uh, yeah, very good. Although I did think the dusty finish early on, like it felt like very early on because that was twenty minutes in. Yeah, um, that kind of threw me off a bit. I think. So I was kind of like, well, I'd have just just have him win there. Like, what's what's the difference? You know, why why do that if he's going to win anyway? If he's going to cheat, and, and he's going to cheat the, to the win. Finish wasn't clean ultimately anyway. Yeah, he cheated to win at the end, so why not just have him cheat to win after twenty minutes? I, I don't really see the point of that, and it kind of threw off the momentum for me anyway. But um, it was very good. Like after they after they got past that and into the kind of home stretch, it was really really good, uh, and I did enjoy it. Um. And the crowd, they were they were generally surprised. <laughs> I, think. I don't know why. Someone smiling them up. Come on, um, yeah, I, I expected him to lose, but uh, yeah, good match, very good match. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. I think MJF winning was the the good call. As much as AW have been good for not beating the lad in the hometown, this was like an example of when you do it. Mm. To get the get the heel over in the main event of the show in what is essentially a title eliminator match, yeah. As opposed to, well, we're in goddamn uh, Ivar from the Vikings' hometown. He, he's going to be beaten by Kurt Hawkins in a minute and a half, uh, and then he's not going to be on TV for two and a half months. Um, yeah, match is very good. I I kind of agree on the the original finish with the the tape um i'm not sure why they decided to do that whether it's just whether it's going to lead something down the line maybe a rematch where it's like okay mm. obviously you got caught and then you cheated again and and i did notice there was like a little moment they showed in replay where you like passed the ring back toward lope and the refs back so he wouldn't get caught the second time um 
But yeah, I, I I thought the goat was for MJF to kind of win clean and and move away from Punk and go into like uh, against Page maybe at the pay per view or something like that. So I'm not sure. You know, they they kind of protected Punk to an extent, which I wasn't sure was needed after a 40 minute match. But uh, no, the quality of the match was very good. Probably Punk's best since he come back. Um, I know people will immediately point to the Eddie Kingston one, but I've always been of the point of view that that could have used another five minutes. Whereas this one, I thought was yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty bloody good. Yeah, um, and MGF, MGF was great. He's really good for our young years. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you lads on the dusty finish. I did like the actual finish where they really, you really didn't know what oh, yeah. way Wardlow Wardlow was going to go. Yeah, at the same time, you got like if the direction they're going to go at MGF is is Page. You gotta pull the trigger on this Wardlow thing eventually. Like we are now in the time where it's like, do it now. Any longer, it's just. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I yeah, think so. I don't know. I just think they could string it out a bit longer. Yeah. I think maybe Wardlow could cost him the match against Page or something like that. That could be where they maybe. go. It's, it's already been going for like two a year and a half at this stage. That's, not, like. that's, that's not long enough. That's not long enough, brother. People are people that don't have the patience anymore. People are fickle. Well, I mean the 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 classic case is the Batista. No, the, the classic right. case is Virgil Ted DiBiase. Oh jeez, <laughs> which was like was I think they were together like three years before they did that turn. Obviously, that was the old days when they were only on TV once every nine months, but still. <laughs> and Virgil didn't exactly go on to uh, um, the heights uh, of wrestling. Uh, yeah, it's true. But um, yeah, I think they will do it within the next sort of few months. They got it. I mean, the, the, the right time to do it isn't decided by how literally how long it's been. It's the, 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 the peak of the fans wanting it to happen. That's when you do it. Mm. You make them wait a little bit, and then you give it to them ah, when they really want it. But they really want it now. So now's the time where, okay, any any further delaying you do is just to really get them. Ah, turn on them. But if it, it, you can run the risk of leaving it too long, and then they lose interest in it. You know, you got there's an element of striking while the while the iron is hot, as well. But um, yeah, we also didn't get Brian Kendrick on this show. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, because he made some horrifically stupid comments. Yeah, uh, six seven years ago, whenever that was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was uh, floored by it because I had always like, like most people, been sort of very broadly aware of his uh, his conspirator conspiratorial thoughts, but I did not realize the the depths he had gone to. Uh, that was unfortunate to say the least. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't want to get into the, the realm of like Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan apology where he's like, don't get caught, brother. But what I what I would rec- recommend to people in these positions is, is just don't talk about the Holocaust <laughs> as a baseline. Advice. Probably good yeah. advice. If you have these these uh, opinions about it, keep, it to, keep them to yourself, <laughs> maybe. Um, I, I always find it remarkably idiotic where someone... I think I think the, the the classic example. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what her comment was about, but like Gina Carano working for Disney of all companies to be like making yeah, um, even tangential comments to X and Y is like the Holocaust. Like just don't talk about the Holocaust. Just don't talk about it. 
I don't. I can't think of an example where someone brought up the Holocaust and was then thought of as being better for it. Yeah, and then everyone else was like, "Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, interesting. Good point. Well done." Yeah. This thing that is not at all even in comparison by any magnitude to the Holocaust. That is like the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, stop talking about the Holocaust, Christ. Um, yeah. So uh, so yeah, he was off uh, the show. We got uh, Utah versus Mox, which I actually thought was a lot of fun. Um, it was. It was good. Uh, obviously, more competitive than the last, the last uh, Uto Mox match. Uh, so that was that, and then we got a very interesting Brian segment where kind of said, "Hey, you know, a lot of oh, that was great. A lot of great wrestlers around here goofing around with some clowns and dinosaurs and best friends. Why don't you and I just get together and we're going to rustle their hair and we're going to have our little fucking." Daniel Garcia fucking wrestling unit team, you know, uh, and it was interesting because I like the obvious kind of direction seems to be that Mox would rebu- would rebuke him and, and they'd go ahead with their planned feud. Yeah. But I don't know the reaction to that promo. A lot of people seem to think, "Oh no, if they should do that. It would be class," you know. Um, you know, I would really love them to take the path less traveled here. Yeah. To your, yeah, to your point, Barry, it, it seems w- when you deconstruct it like backwards from what the destination seems to be. Mm. It's like, okay, we need a story for Danielson and Mox to get to their match. So how about Danielson comes out and he's like, let's be a team. And Mox yeah. is like, I'm not going to do that. I'm my own man or, or whatever. Whereas the actual more interesting story to tell is have them be a team for a while and then eventually get to the match down the road, six months down, the, even longer, a year down the road. Why? Why not go like this? Promo is like really one of the bigger like surprises from a storytelling point of view. It was very convincing. You think, as well. <laughs> really, he really was. So, yeah, but but even the previous bits where he's been out like clapping or whatever after the match when Moxie comes back, he's like been standing there. You as a viewer think, okay, this is going to he's scouting him. This is leading to the match there that they were supposed to have when mm. when Moxie disappeared the first time. Whereas they 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 took like a ninety degree turn. And subverted your expectations in a way that is much more interesting and much like it's something that hasn't really been done in wrestling before. Um, and I really like the idea of like what Dinosaur was saying. Like we got these we got these comedy geeks running the world. How about you and me, the the shit kickers, make a team and just beat people's asses? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that would be infinitely more interesting than Moxie just goes, no, I'm not going to join you, and then they just. Mm. They piss about with the same old wrestling storyline recycling that they that has been going on for fifty years. Like, um, yeah, I, I I'm intrigued by what decision they make in regards to that. I feel like eighty percent certain they're going to go the conventional way. Yeah, me too. Whereas I would love for them to not and see and see where that road takes us. And uh, that sounds more interesting to me. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Good, uh, good promo to get the intrigue up for next week, which is always certainly, yeah. Like I, to the point that we've made loads of times. That's what that's what TV should be. Like they did a thing. Oh, I want to tune in next week and see what the next development of the story is. And I feel the same way about the next segment, where 
Brandy came out and he was <laughs> like, isn't it great to be here in, oh, sorry, the wrong city. Oh, excuse me. And then Dan Lambert came out and was like, well, listen here, fake titty bitch. Uh, you know, and then and then uh, she was like, um, you're all jabronis and we didn't even really want you when we signed you. And Lambert was like, okay, titties, um, you know. Oh Lord, 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 Lord! What a what an eye roller! What an eye roller! <laughs> I hate, I hate it. Oh, and the fact that it's so it's so WWE that like she faces Paige Van Zandt, and they have to do a fifty feet. Paige Van Zandt should murder her if they have an actual match. Brandy should should do the favors, brother, and Paige should stomp her head into the mat until it's a bloody stain. Like she should get zero offense in in that match. I mean, my God! But they had the brawl. Page came out. I mean, it, the one good thing out of all of this is that you know, Van Zant getting involved in wrestling more is always good. But Jesus Christ, is it always good? I don't even know if that's a factual statement. Well, like I mean, I think she has great potential to to do something if she's in any she way does anyway decent. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think that well, it, it is a spot taken away from the women that they are. Trying to <laughs> build, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, I talked a long time ago that Seamus and Randy Orton had the perfect segments back in the build up to SummerSlam 2010. I think this was the imperfect segment. Uh, this might have been the worst segment I've ever seen on a wrestling show. Uh, Brandy Rhodes, I mean, we, we could do I I don't, what, how, how far are we in? I don't do a whole segment on what's wrong with Brandy Rhodes. Uh, I think there's a lot of elements at play. With, with like why she doesn't work as a character. But I think ultimately it boils down to she's a bit like she's a bit like Marge Simpson. Aren't I cool, kids? Like, no. <laughs> um she thinks that she's she's this edgy character and she really is not. And there's there's a lot of reasons why the fans resent her. But it's it's all the more raffling then. Like I don't get what the end game of like they 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 know this. They know that she gets resented by fans. The fan reaction to her is never good. And they're used like she came out and as you said, Barry. Oh, we're in uh, Cleveland. Oh, Chicago. Oh, where are you? Who fuck it? Who cares? Like, okay, but then you're you're the company babyface defending against the invading forces of America's top team. So what is it like? Is I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucked. Uh, I, I'm completely done with Dan Lambert as well. He doesn't need to be all over the show every week. Two segments. Yeah, so, like, what was the deal with, like, him coming out and doing this and, like, everyone cheering him because they hate Brandy? I don't know if that was on purpose or not. And then it coming out as a heel later on in the same show. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm over him. And I thought he was I, great. I, but. I, when he first showed up, I was like, oh, this is a new twist and, and it's an intro. No. The 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 bloom is well and truly off that one. I, I whenever he comes out, I go take a shit. Yeah, I don't even want to watch him on the. It's just so well, so done. Like mm. uh, Brandy, even more so. Brandy, Brandy might be the worst, um, worst currently working wrestler. She she is the Daenerys Targaryen of the <laughs> wrestling world, and I, I don't even think her delivery is bad necessarily, but it it just reeks of insincerity. Which I guess is part of the problem. Um, but yeah, I've no, I've zero interest in in her and Paige, and I, I don't even care about Paige Van mm. to be honest. She, she, she doesn't even have the like 
Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar thing of they were actually good at MMA in the first place. Well, that's not relevant, you know. It, but it is to to a degree, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, but like she she could, you know, she's hot, so you know. <laughs> but so is so is Brock Lesnar. I, I know. I, but, uh, <laughs> Well, when he grew his hair out, you go, Ooh, oh, hello. hello. <laughs> I was going to say something very bad. No, let's not. Um, hold it into me. Um, oh. His cowboy boots do do it for me, though, to be fair. No, but like, fucking red velvet is hot. Like, you don't need. I know. I'm being, I'm being a little bit facetious. I, I, I think, yeah, I think she might have works. something to contribute beyond just that. I think, I think having a, a le- anytime you can get a legitimate athlete in who has a, a little bit of cachet, which she does have a little bit of cachet, is good. Um, and I understand what you mean by taking a spot, but the funny thing is, I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like AEW's dragging their feet with this division every week. It's the same well, that's thing. even more of why you need to have uh, opportunity. But that's but like if they're, I don't think that like there's nothing stopping them. They just, I think they just choose not to. So if they're going to have limited time, that's the problem. And they get that a, is the problem. And they get a and they get a you know if she turns out to be a prodigy, maybe she won't be. You know, also we don't even know if she signed. Anyway, we'll 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 stick a pin in we'll stick a pin in that until <laughs> that was rubbish. That segment was rubbish. That's the main. That's the main thing. Uh, I don't know if there was too much else from Rampage or Dynamite worth really chatting about. Um, no, I, I think the the Hangman train continues to stutter, stutter along, stutter and come to a screeching halt. It feels like oh, mm. um, I don't. I don't understand what they're doing with him. Their approach to him is all wrong. Um, yeah, like I, th- I think he was like. T- I think he. They. Their. Their thinking is like he comes out the top of the second hour. But he never does. He always comes out like just after the segment that's top of the second hour or something. It's very weird placement. Like it's not because that's fine. Like top of the hour grand. Like that's because that's where they used to put like Jericho all the time. Every single week you could set your watch to it. Inner circle, top of the hour. But it's just random fucking segments in the middle of the first hour or like before yeah. the main event. Do you know what I mean? Like this week, it was just and it was. I thought it was good. I thought you look, Archer did a good uh, a good beat down. Um, but it's like I think they've they he 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 might as well be the TNT champion with the the sort of level of of, of specialty yeah. they give him, you know. If if they did the segments exactly the same as they are, but but had them at the end of the show or even the opening segments, you would artificially make them feel more important. Mm. Do you know the fact that they're they're what they are, but are also just in the middle of the show makes it feel very throwaway. And you know, as as it pertains to babyface is winning the titles i know a lot of time the the heat is in the chase but even for hangman who's who's not as established a name as jericho and moxley and omega you more so have to give hangman the the help Mm -hmm. outside of what he he himself brings to the ring and they really have dropped the ball on that like spectacularly (laughs) um yeah i don't even really care for their him and archer having their little uh, yet another street fight like okay uh and the last thing i just mentioned uh on dynamite is pack came out in a blindfold being led to the ring like holding on to um alex abrahante's shoulder and then 30 seconds into the match he went ha i can see it was a ruse mind games <laughs> what, what mind, mind games, games are we playing? I'm playing not actually games. blind, mate. Remember when Moxie did that for an entire match? Oh, that was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And then who got blinded at the end? Pentagon. Fucking half the cunts in the roster are going to be blinded at the end of this fucking thing. Um, yeah, so that, that, that feud soldiers on. 
We also had um, yeah. an enigmatic announcement from Tony Khan about the oh, yeah. the Forbidden Door um, being kind of not only, I don't know, broken, but some kind Slam. of portal. Um, Forbidden Door, of course, being the uh, sister of Jim Door, the uh, well, yes. yeah. indie wrestler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> related to cover that, but yeah. Um so I don't know what he, he was talking about. Companies that we're not on good ter- on, we're not good terms with, and I don't know. Is he like is, is Robin like, Reigns coming through? Yeah, like, like it's like is he is he doing is he trying to play into all the idiots who thought Moxley was going to be in the Royal Rumble? So he's like, for a laugh, I lean into it and act like maybe it's someone we don't even like. It's it's fucking Triple H is going to come in and pedigree uh, player dose of the Dark Order. <laughs> You know, um, like, I feel like he's leaning into that, but I think in reality, it's just, it's, I think it might be like a new Japan guy or something. I, I'm not, I am not expecting my, my, my Jimmy's to be rustled by this revelation. No, he know. said someone's coming in and signing a contract. Um, did, did he specifically mention free agent? I don't remember. Uh, okay. yes. Didn't one of his tweets say free agent? I can't remember. Also, I'm, I'm looking at his tweets now. Um, there's also, there's a couple of, um, there are a couple of names up in the first of all yeah. a lot of the the late last year releases are apparently coming due for the Keith Lee's Keith of the Lee's world. of the world congratulations Keith Lee and Medium on your wedding also yeah both looked quite dashing in your outfits well done um i love to see a big man in a suit he was rocking it yeah, you, you haven't you, you haven't complimented this big man i i did i left, i left a lovely comment on your photo i said you were looking you were looking quite oh, handsome i said thank you very much brother um mm. uh so i love i love i love my big boys in their suits um but yeah so keith, yeah, keith, t- keith lee is a factor the johnny gargano's status is still up in the air i mean yeah. the thing is he's his wife is actually having a child so so he's maybe not exactly showing up next week but there are you kind of forget because there's that release and then there's that window where you kind of have to forget about them because they can't do anything, mm. uh, which kind of works in Tony Khan's favor, I guess, now. Yeah. I have the tweets here, right? Tony Khan says, first of all, I, I haven't seen Rampage, by the way. It, it was skippable. By saying this. Very skippable. Uh, as reference on AW Rampage, I'm surprised. On Dynamite, live on TBS, a top wrestler will walk through the Forbidden Door this Wednesday and debut in AW. More info to come. Then he says the Forbidden Door can be opened for anyone from any wrestling promotion in the world, whether or not it's a company AW is on good terms with. Even if it's someone from a company, that's open for business. They're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company. Uh, with a great showing of tonight's Rampage TNT title bout, I'm guessing he just did not win, uh, Isaiah Cassidy has earned a qualifying match for a spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match with a TNT title shot at stake. His opponents will debut Wednesday and sign a contract with AW. And then he clarifies the big announcement for Wednesday's Dynamite that we referenced on Rampage brackets a free agent debut so not forbidden door um and the person walking through forbidden door are one and the same they're walking in the door signing a contract and then slamming the door shut wednesday <laughs> no but if they're free agents wait why he, so he specified they were two people and then he said they were actually one he says the big announcement for wednesday dynamite that we reference on rampage in parentheses a free agent debut and the person walking through the forbidden door are one and the same. Okay, okay. So it's one one guy is showing up. Yeah, but if they're free agents, not the forbidden Something door. Like, like yeah. the forbidden door is just a nebulous phrase now that means whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's someone's showing up basically. Um, yeah, it was weird because he tweeted before Rampage. He's like, "Oh, big news on Rampage." 
which I feel like he's done that a couple of times where he's oh big news on this show and then it's like a graphic saying tune into the next show for the fucking news because <laughs> that's all you did, that's all you missed on Rampage was they put a graphic up saying Tony Khan has a big announcement on Wednesday. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, any number of people could be Keith Lee would be big. Um, I'm trying to think who else in that crop was released. Um, it could be Jeff. Well, I think I think Jeff Hardy it will be. Jeff oh, Hardy. Jeff Hardy! Yeah, Jeff Hardy walked out. Yeah. I think it'd probably be a uh, Juice Robinson. I think that's sounds about. Right. Oh, that's one where I would. I, I that like that's fine. <laughs> he, he, you know, he he sells those uh, those dilutable uh, oh, things yeah. in Tesco. Uh, no, that's one of those ones where if he's showing up, cool. I wouldn't announce ahead of time that he's a big fucking marquee signing. I like. Um, like, like, even funnily enough, like it's a weird position actually. So, whoever this is, they're facing Isaiah Cassidy in a ladder match qualifier on Wednesday. So they're not. A, it's so lads. I don't think it is Triple H, um, <laughs> you know, uh, or, Shane or Shane McMahon, because I feel like he, they they wouldn't they wouldn't be in a qualifier for a ladder match. So yeah, that does kind of make me think it could be a Juice Robinson level guy. I wouldn't be teasing that ahead of time. I mean, he's like. I, he's not even. I would. I wouldn't even say he's exactly flying high in New Japan at the moment. Like his hype has kind of. Uh, well, he's just, his contract so ended, isn't it? Well, that's well, yeah. But even prior to that, he was like you know he was popping up in Impact and stuff. You know. Yeah, but then COVID is what it is. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I'd be very we'll shocked with that. I, w- I would love for it to be. I would love for it to be Shane McMahon, <laughs> and then Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan announced that he's adopted Shane McMahon and oh. he's his new father. That would be the best. I mean, I'd love if it was Shane McMahon and then Isaiah Cassidy beat him. <laughs> uh, listen, if you bring it in McMahon, you have to beat them. Yeah, you have to beat the shit out of them constantly and really. You have to you have to do what WWE does, which is you have to show the audience that they don't know what they're doing. Right? Uh, are you are we think you think Keith Lee then? Uh, now, uh, I feel like, and I'd actually be really disappointed. I feel like it might be Jeff Hardy. Mm. Um, the thing about Jeff Hardy is that, like, the, the last like five or six years have been wasted. He's done shag all in WWE. He's been out injured. He's had little issues here and there. Carrying for us, uh, he, yeah, he like had issues. Like, like they've they they squandered. Uh, you know, those years. He's he's no spring chicken anymore. I feel like obviously he'd be more valuable than Matt. But like, not even really by that much anymore, you no, know. The uh, heyday is past. Yeah, because there, there was a point. Even like he obviously, I've, I think one of the worst kind of twists of fate huh? uh, that ever happened is that like I think it's so unfortunate that he left in '09 and then had all his issues and then spent like his the rest of his peak years in TNA. That is unfortunately just what happened. And then when he came back to WWE, it was nice to see him back. And he he he's not completely physically washed, but he's definitely not the same guy. And then he spent five years there, and now he's definitely not the same guy. Uh, to me, that's like yeah. I mean, this is another kind of per- another guy who it's a perfect position for him. A guy in the ladder match for a, a one-off title match, he'll definitely lose. You know, if he wins it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But on the other hand, if it is him, he can bring back that banging another me theme song oh, he yeah. had in TNA. Yeah. Oh, you know him. He'll he'll want to make a fresh one for AEW. AEW, I am here. You know, <laughs> I love you, <laughs> <laughs> and I love me drugs. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there was nothing else we're talking about on Rampage. It was a very skippable show. 
Um, I'll watch it tomorrow. Uh, I liked... Um, uh, actually, I was going to say I liked the main event. It was I liked the finish of the main event. It was all right. Um, Adam Cole, like Adam Cole and Evil Uno was the opener. And uh, fair enough, it's Evil Uno, but it was like three minutes long. That could have been on elevation. Um, it was nothing. Uh, yeah. They've definitely been dropping the ball with Rampage lately, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just seems like it's... Um, it's four matches with people we want to promote, but putting them against geeks. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's that's a disappointment. Um, yeah. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with, I guess, we'll have our our, our follow up conversation about the AEW signee, uh, and yeah. and we'll have more movie and TV golf and game golf and all the other jazz. Um, so yeah. We'll call it there for now, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, go to chairshoppodcast.com. We have a little email form. You can pop us your takes about wrestling or anything really at all that you want to chat about. We will read it out. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. So uh, until then, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye.